All right. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast that I'm just checking in <laughs> on you. And you know, if I have the video on, that means that I have a guest. Uh, this guy's an absolute legend. Um, not only was he the star of uh, the original Christmas story, he also was uh, one of the many driving forces behind F is for Family. Um, throughout the years when we did that show, I became great friends with this guy. And uh, and he is here now with us. The one and only Peter Billingsley. Thank What's you, going sir. on? Man, maybe the greatest introduction I've ever gotten. Thank you, Bill. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm here, <laughs> at, I'm here, I'm here at Bally's that just <laughs> became the horseshoe. What are you in, in, what are in you Las Vegas? Uh, I met up oh. with some of my high school buddies. Went to that fucking Raiders game yesterday. <laughs> oh, you did? You were live? Oh my god! Yeah, what dude. The, the biggest problem part. I had was them going that defense that they used to give them the opportunity to get there. But uh, that shit at the end, man, it was just Keystone Cop stuff. But it uh, was hilarious. Yeah. Um. Of course, somebody's giving me a fucking call in an hour. Uh, um. All right. Well, let me talk. Let's get down to what you're here for. Uh, you are here to promote. Um. A movie that is doing outstanding. You don't even really even need me, but I just wanted to hang out. I'm here to you. say hi, first and foremost, here to spend a little time with my guy. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You used to live right down the street from me. No more. Uh, Christmas Story 2 is out right now. Uh, the Wait is Ori, A Christmas Story Christmas, not 2. Why the fuck does it say 2 up there? It's A Christmas Story Christmas. Uh, the long-awaited follow-up to the enduring favorite that fans everywhere keep on their annual must-watch list. It's finally arriving just to, in time to kick off the holiday season this heartwarming and humor-filled next chapter in richie parker's tale finds him grown with his own family determined uh to create an unforgettable christmas for his kids because that's what you do as a dad and of course right. as is tradition in the parker household despite dad's best efforts to make those spirits bright things go comically awry and hijinks ensue in this endearing relatable slice of family life um i've never heard that blurb before <laughs> yeah they you know it's a movie blurb so they're they're, cat they're commercial they fishing they're trying to get uh they're basically saying there's no full frontal nudity in that and you can yeah it's this is a family friendly one unlike the show we did this one's family friendly <laughs> yeah <laughs> i do think it's interesting though when you did the first one that you were a kid and now you get to literally play like the dad role and now you have two kids of your own um i've only seen the trailer because i just been on the road and finishing up this other project i noticed in like the trailer like i just saw the trailer i, I really enjoyed your acting just in the trailer those little blurbs <laughs> as i look at him back he's really like grounded in this and that, you know because yeah. i worked with you for like seven eight years totally and i just saw you as a producer going bill that doesn't track <laughs> bill do it again <laughs> bill we can't writing say that rewriting <laughs> yeah so then to actually watch you uh like acting and i was thinking like you you had so much to like uh draw from with two young kids you know you wanted to make it you know perfect totally, you know, I, I was looking up i was trying to find if there's ever been like this long of a a kid character to an adult i mean let alone any kid character to an adult adult in a sequel and it's been 39 years i, I couldn't find anything um, it's like the top gun of christmas movies it, it kind of <laughs> <laughs> we're even longer than tom and at least he was a grown-up in the first one or kind of how did they I get think... you uh 
signed on to this thing? Because I, I would just picture if they, they said, hey, we're going to do another one. Your initial reaction would be like, oh, God, you know, they're going back to the well. Totally. What are we going to do? Like, uh, yeah, no, of of course. I mean, I've been developing this for about four years. Uh-huh. So I started working with the guys over at Legendary. Um, oh, OK. If you, know Kale, if you know Kale Boyder and those guys and Mary Perrin and Jay. <clears throat> and obviously people have approached me for years and said, you know, oh, you should come back and do Ralph. I mean, you're a good looking guy, Peter. I, I imagine you get back. all kinds of <laughs> well, it's more, <laughs> Hopefully it's more than that. <laughs> but it was never a great idea. And so we just kind of started similar to how we worked, right? Like you had an idea and then mm-hmm. you just sort of slowly build on the layers that you like about it. And so it was, you're right. It was starting with, it'd be cool to look at Ralphie as a dad. And I was like, well, I'm a dad now. And it was this sort of thesis that we were around where when you're a kid, you really want the perfect Christmas gift. But when you're a parent, you want Christmas to be perfect for your kid. And it's sort of that gift, right? Where you're devoted to that. And then really this movie starts with the passing of the old man. So it's sort of mythic and moving into the patriarchy and, and, you know, Ralphie has to sort of step into that. And so it's this call to action at an important point in his life. It's done comedically, but also has a lot of heart. And so as we started building the pieces, I got more excited about it and just felt like I wasn't going to move forward ultimately unless we had it right. You know, we hired Nick Shank. Do you know Nick? He's a great writer. He wrote, written a lot of Clint Eastwood stuff. He wrote Grand Torino, The Mule. You know, we wanted to start with- sort Now of a- his next thing is he does a, a- Christmas story. Christmas. He's, <laughs> yes. pretty vers- he's pretty versatile. Pretty versatile, but also like wanted to start with a guy who's got a little more grit, right? He's from the Midwest. He's from Minnesota. So we started building these pieces. And then I felt like, all right, this is in a spot where it feels like we can pull the trigger and go with this thing. Because you talk about a sequel that has, they all have pressure. All movies have pressure on them to succeed. But this mm-hmm. thing is borderline religious for people, this movie. You know, it's so sacred. So you don't want to do something that's going to shit on it or impact it negatively. And so to give you a sports analogy, I would always say to everyone, like, yeah, you got to play offense, right? You got to go make something that's good, be entertaining. But you got to play defense, too. On this movie, like, you can't so, make decisions that negatively influence the first movie. So did you, uh, <clears throat> once you announced that it was going to happen, did you stay off social media? Because... I, I wasn't like even on social. Oh, yeah, the oh. haters come out. They always do. They're like, oh, this is bullshit. They're going to screw this up. Yeah. Cash grab. Think of something else to do. And I just said to everyone, I said, just wait. You know, it's fine. That's going to start. Yeah. You're going to go through these phases. You're going to release a trailer. A lot of people are going to go, this looks great. You're going to get that same, what are they doing? Oh, what is this? Uh, you know oh, what they do that nuts. all the time? Every couple of years, it seems they do a new Joker movie. And some poor actor gets the part of the Joker. And then it's just like, oh, my God, this is going to suck. And I just sit there going, like, if you ever sign on, there's certain roles in Hollywood. If you sign on to do them, it's just like you have to stay on social media right through the press. And then years later, ask, did it do well? That's what I said. I said, you know what? Let's see where the dust settles in five years. You know, the last one found a life of its own. I'm not saying we're going to do that, but it's just, it's a Christmas movie. They're going to be perennials are going to come back. Just don't worry, guys. Go make something that we all believe in. And we'll check in in five years and see where things sit. And so far, so good. It's been a really, 
I would say overwhelmingly positive response critically and from fans. They get what we did. <clears throat> they appreciate right. what we did. And no, we weren't, you, you're, you're never going to be better than that movie. And no one was trying to, but it doesn't have to stop you from telling another story in the chapter. No, but I feel like it's a different movie where it's, um, so you had like the, all like you already went through being a kid and all your hopes of getting that gift that you wanted and all of that. And the ups and downs, the stuff that disappointed you about Christmas and how your parents were. There's a lot of people, you know, they get older and they have like kids and the the, the, the fucking pressure. Yes. That you put on yourself to be like, oh, my God, what what if I screw this up? What if what if I, 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 I you know, what if my kids hate me and think that I, yeah, I don't that's do exactly right. right. I, I, I say the wrong thing and I give them a complex and stuff. It's, uh, it's a lot of a uh, lot of pressure, especially if you had a dad and like in that movie who was a great dad and like got him, the you know, in that original movie, the dad's the only person in the movie. He doesn't ask for the gun and just instinctively knew to get it for him. So it's like you got this great dad that's like full of <laughs> great wisdom right. and knowledge to be. So it's like huge shoes to fill. So we, you know, definitely play with those tropes that I think are relatable. And to Ralphie, and I agree, certainly to me. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing with this Christmas stuff. I'm trying to figure it out, but I don't know. There. Sometimes I'm like. You know what? You just default to your wife because they know what to do. They just get a bunch of shit. The easiest, they, yeah. Yeah, they decorate the house. You stay out of the way, which is funny because then they'll get like upset that you're not like contributing. It's like, well, if I start talking, then I'm just going to upset you because <laughs> well, I'm going to be like, year, I don't I think we need just, all this shit. I said, just take some of his pre take some of his toys off the shelf and wrap them. You know, we don't need to buy a bunch of new stuff. Just wrap the ones he has and be like, ooh, look at this. He's only one. He's not going to know. He's going to get excited to pull him. Yeah. Something. You know what I mean? You don't have to go buy all this new crap that sits on the shelves. I know that's like a, uh, you know, my kids have a zillion relatives and they're always like getting them stuff because they love my kids, which is awesome. My kids get to feel all that love and everything. But, dude, these kids, they got more goddamn toys it, than I crazy. had in, I in my life. I know this year we're going to like grab a bunch of stuff and try to donate it somewhere where you can give used toys to at least a get rid of the clutter. But B, try to teach that message like, guys, we got to be grateful for what we have. You got a lot more than most kids. Right. What do you, what's your stance on video games? Not yet. I don't know. My daughter's five. I mean, selfishly, I want to start playing with her a little bit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, that's awesome. That's awesome. We're a little, I think my wife knows the slippery slope it can go. I mean, I know it too from, you know, living in my 20s single. I, I remember the, the, the dark slippery slope it can turn oh, into dude, four watching, in the the sun, watching the sun come up and it's just like dude you got to go to bed one more one more and you can't stop so I, I know I, I it's tapped out I tapped out Grand Theft Auto 3 I was up at like four in the fucking morning or when I've been Medal of Honor it was one of those games Grand I was Theft like out in a, I was on too. stage yeah. doing stand up and I was trying to figure out how to beat the next level and I came home and I started playing it and I couldn't get to sleep. And I was sleeping until one and two in the afternoon, just feeling like a fucking loser. Right. So I, uh, you know, I am not mechanically like electronically inclined. I came home and I just unplugged fucking everything and wadded it up. And I just stuck it in the back of the, uh, the closet. And you haven't and pulled it out since? Never. 
Never used it again. Never played video games again. I mean, I can't imagine what video games are like now because uh, uh, one of my buddies, Patrice, got me to this game, Siphon Filter. He goes, dude, you got to get to the level with the bridge, man. The bridge is amazing. So, I, you know, what's funny is to me, those are all new games. To me, Asteroids, Pac-Man. Well, uh, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I think it was like 50 attempts. What was the one where you had the plane that you had to fly? It was like you... This shit is so stupid. I'm like, this guy's a career criminal. He's doing great. And now he gets here and he's got to fly a radio controlled plane. And it drove me nuts. And I right. finally, finally, and it was before you could easily Google, like, what's the hack, you know? Right. And so you had to figure it out. I mean, I guess that was part of the appeal. And then I, the the one that really put me over the edge was a game called The God, The Godfather. Uh-huh. It was another, it was great. It was another thing like you had to move through this thing but it was set like in the gangster times in the 40s and i remember yeah, I mean, you're just gonna get lost in that they, 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 totally they, they were too good 20 years ago i remember when i was in grand theft auto i was trying to do something where you had to race this car around the city and then make it to the finish line and i didn't realize i kept stealing the wrong car i kept stealing like that chevy nova <laughs> just... with like the flamethrowers and i needed to steal like the fucking porsche and i got so good with that chevy nova that one time I, they were shooting at me and i got all the way to the final stretch of the finish line and the car started glowing like it was going to be on fire and i just went like no and it blew up <laughs> right before it and i went fuck Holy and i was just like it was like three in the morning and i just went like i hate this goddamn cock sucking motherfucking game right and then i had the, the two gay guys who lived next door who were walking in i heard him fucking burst out laughing <laughs> and i was like oh my god like what is what is fucking like, did you ever have to? did you ever have a moment after like driving that car the way you did where you got into your own car and you had to check yourself for a minute? I would a hundred percent after like four or five in the morning and you're like, man, I gotta go to 7-Eleven and get like some water or some snacks <laughs> or something. And I'd get in and gun it and it was like, Whoa, stop. You are not in the game anymore. You're like, up on I a side really trying to hit hookers. Totally, dude. Well, how all right, we're really in a rabbit hole, but I'll show one last thing. Like how much I found myself getting too distracted by just like running around and then just like cracking someone and then keep running. And yeah. Doing all the stupid stuff that you could do when the missions got too hard, I would avoid it. Just go wander into police precincts. You could go into the back of the jail cell. There was one. And uh -huh. if you had like a fully automated weapon, they just keep coming around the corner. Like there was all this stuff that I would, I would there was cheats where you like, could get you could get all the all the all the yeah. uh and then they all would the, all the weaponry and all the health because once those guys showed up in those black caprice classics before the army showed up and you basically yeah. you would toast unless you had the cheats but once the army showed up you had it to be able to shoot them over. and do the cheat to keep <laughs> yeah. getting your life back oh yeah it's dude different. I I remember one time coming out of my apartment after playing one of these <laughs> those sniper games forever and I was just looking at people across the street like that's exactly. like, thing was I going like this on yeah. all of their heads. And I was like, I know. All right. You're like, I got uh, it. It looks like 80 yards, wind a little from the northwest to click south. I got you, baby. And just they yeah. have no idea that you're thinking it. <laughs> I remember the chick I was seeing at the time came over when I was playing that game. And when I fucking shot somebody, the sound of it and the guy's head blowing up, she actually, <laughs> she actually bursted out laughing. <laughs> it was past. And I was like, this is, pretty, this, is, this is pretty bad, right? And she's like, no, you know, it's, you know, it's definitely graphic.
Guys will be guys. <laughs> fun. So I think my uh, my daughter wants uh, like a Nintendo Switch or something like that. We're debating whether that's going to happen. And but yeah, if, but I mean, you can do like the Mario games, like jumping, ringing, getting coins. Like you can start. You don't have to start at Grand Theft Auto, which I probably wouldn't advise. I think I know, but entry I, level games, you know. Right. But I know it's a slippery slope, and then you have to manage the time, and then they want it and they get addicted to it. It's like TV, even you know. I don't know about your kids. You know what's funny in mainland China, the majority of their TikTok, someone was telling me, is all science based. That's because the government um, sort of controls it or whatever, because it left to their own devices. I'm sure mainland China would the be same stuff. The ice bucket challenge and doing that yeah, bucket, exactly. whatever that dance is. Um, you got your foot going too. Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, I don't know. I, I'm just gonna. I think when you were saying that you you'll play with your kid doing it you know together that's I think a fun that's, way to do it i'm just yeah, gonna I, mean, I have a buddy who plays like sports games so like as your son gets into sports he'll do the fifa soccer and stuff and they love it and they'll do the hoops games and it's fun they can be on the same team and play and it seems like it's something they enjoy and maybe it doesn't have quite the addictive nature of slapping around or sniping random humans on the street yeah no violence or anything yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly so um Anyway, so when this movie came out, I got I have just question I have is when, when you did press for this thing, um, like so much stuff with this business has changed. I remember a long time ago, I went to a bar and one of the actors from The Hangover was in there mm -hmm. and he had this look of relief on his face. And he had just done a world tour of promoting the final one. Yeah. And I forget where they sent him. But at one point he connected in the Canary Islands. And this guy just was like. He was like exhausted. in the best move. Yeah, exhausted. So I know now you look at this, like Zoom and stuff. You can just do it this yeah. way. Is is it easier than say like, you know, when back in the day when you had to promote a film or something like that? I guess in some ways it's easier. I did. I've always been an advocate of regional advertising. I know you are with your stand up. You used to tell me how you would you were an early adopter of going to foreign countries where Netflix was going to go. Right. And building yeah. kind of a local fan base. And you can't deny that. And I think even in your tour dates, you hit, yeah. point, you know, it's not just the 10 largest cities in America. And so it was one of the things I said to Warner Brothers when we were hatching the plan. I said, I want to do some of this regional approach, which I used to do a ton as a kid, because this movie is also like about small town American small towns love this movie all across the country. You know, this is not right. right. It's 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 about kind of working class folk, right? That are working hard in cold weather climates trying to have a good life. So I wanted to connect. So I did some screenings in some cities, flew around, hit Chicago. They did um, one in uh, Cleveland, um, of course, which is where we shot the first one. And so I did some traveling, not on the international level. And then, yeah, a lot of Zooms. The weird, you know, the weird thing, have you done a junket in a while? Like the old press junkets where you would sit yeah, they take it to a hotel. Just for people watching at home, they take you to a hotel and you sit down and just one person after another comes in and asks you right. a so lot now, of the same questions. That's right. And it, you, and they would like each get a tape, right? So they put the tape in the camera, they record and they hand them the tape they and they leave. Now they still take you to like a hotel room that they decorate, but it's all Zoom. So you're just sitting in a room alone. And I guess most people prefer it. I don't. I like human interaction. So I like being with someone and they're kind of kooky personalities because they're different because there's a lot of local regional like 
the weather guy or the news guy and they get to do the entertainment thing. I didn't uh-huh. like it. It drives some people nuts, but I think it's funny. But a lot of people showed up in their Christmas story sweaters on Zoom and stuff when we were doing the junket and things. And some people, I think one dude had a bunny suit on. I mean, that's probably better over Zoom. So <laughs> if I'm being frank, it's like the separation. <laughs> that circumstance is good. How do you handle somebody when they go there and they just go like, they're not there to interview you as much as they're there to try to piss you off. And hopefully you'll say some wild shit and then they can get some looks, you know, where uh, I've seen like a, there's a few people that, you know, I know. And for whatever reason, they're like magnets for that shit. And people will come in and just say, really, really disrespectful stuff. And it's just like, man, they're just trying to get you. They're just trying to get you. Well, they'll do one of two things, right? They'll do the disrespectful thing or they'll try to pull out something in your movie that is totally not true or why it's disrespectful to a certain group or something, which is a little more like passive aggressive. But I'll generally not answer their question with the talking point that I want. So it's like they could say, you know, what color is the sky? And I'll just say, you know, what? I really love about this movie is that it's relatable and I think it really hit and I'll just oh, you go, go Bill Clinton on him I just I'm like I'm not even going to engage <laughs> or take the bait I've been around too long to know you know this goes. is a great country <laughs> you're talking about other <laughs> exactly. shit exactly exactly did you insert yourself in that woman I love America <laughs> I did not it's have like, sex. but it's kind of genius it works you know it's it's like I just can't believe no one ever goes that's not the question I asked I've said I'm here to promote the movie um, and that, but it's, yeah, I've fortunately not been a huge target for that, but it's like, I look, I love the interviews when they do take the bait and then you see an actor going, you know, what the hell are you asking me this for? This is good. My first instinct was that question. Like you want to do that, but then I'm just like, oh man, now we're going viral for the wrong reasons. My first instinct when you said, you know, this part of the movie seemed to be offensive to this type of group and i'll be like oh good that's what we were going for <laughs> yeah you could also do that too. we make polarizing movies we, not only were we making a christmas movie we wanted <laughs> we wanted a group of people that would have spent money to go see it to be unbelievably offended by it like uh that that, you know, was, that, was, that was a deal breaker in my contract that i had to offend the, people the advantage we had was that this one takes place in 1973 because the original one was 40, so it's like 33 years later for Ralphie, right? So oh, that's you know, so fucking cool. So think of all the great conversations that we had on FS for Family about, hey, we don't have to necessarily subscribe to the new comedy police in 2020, 19, when we were doing it. It's like it's back in 73. So not that we're an edgy movie, but it just kind of gives you that same freedom of like it's a different time. Also, I love movies with no cell phones. So from plot, right. you can have someone leave. Like I leave twice. I come home at like four in the morning and the wife's like, oh, it's late. It's like, yeah, it's like you can't get a hold of anyone. There's a joke about um, there's a bar and like the the phone in the bar rings and the the music shuts off and it gets really quiet. The bartender's like, because the wives used to call the bar right. for their husbands. So it's fun to take advantage of the time period like that. Um and so if your it, wife knows the number without having to look it up of the local <laughs> pop, you drink it too much. Yeah, well, you're definitely drinking too much. But that's you, what happens. Do you know what one scene that they did? I've seen it done right, but it's really hard to do it. 
is when they show two people texting each other in a movie and then they got to show the text on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to do that well to keep the momentum going. And I at first I didn't like it. And then I was like, well, no, this is this is what people do now. It's just people that make movies haven't necessarily figured out how to do it in a way that it doesn't slow the movie down. Um, I feel like the big thing is that the character you can do it in like a suspenseful time of a movie. And if the character is still movie look, looking for something and texting like that, I feel like yeah. the momentum is, is, is kept by like the action, I guess. I don't know, but it's a really, uh, I don't know. Like I'm a, I, 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 I don't mind it now. I think you're right. It's a convention. Cause it's like, it's so much how we communicate. You have to deal with it. I was grateful not to deal with any of that stuff because it is kind of a pain in the ass that people are like, why didn't you, why, why didn't you just text him if he was out or why didn't you just call? It's like, you don't want to hear any of that stuff. You know, what's funny about older movies. I watched uh thief, James Caan. Oh yeah. And great movie. One, of, one of the tropes back then, I don't know if it was tropes, but if you wanted to show like the gangster was being tough, they always said wildly racist shit. <laughs> like yeah. in the movie <laughs> like let me tell you something potato face if you don't stop fucking around all that poor greasy walks at this fucking door then you can shake a fucking queer at and it's just like god damn like Good they Lord, got like bro. fucking they they just like it was this guy uh are you threatening that he was gonna if he didn't do what he's gonna do he's gonna put his wife out on the street to get fucked in the ass by black <laughs> people but he didn't say it like that yeah 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 and you're of watching course. the movie like watching the cars and enjoyed it <laughs> like oh, what all right i get it this guy does not give a fuck Jeez, this guy is not to be messed with <laughs> message received sir you know it's funny that was one of my favorite characters that still just doesn't get a lot of love is do you remember johnny dangerously with joe piscopo yeah totally yeah do you remember roman maroney yeah he was mm-hmm. the guy he was the immigrant who cursed his brains out but oh yeah, yeah, pronounced yeah, yeah, yeah. all the curses Yes. And you'd be like, let me tell you, Fargan, I sold something. I'm going to have your bells in the sling. And then the other guy would be like, Jesus, the mouth on that guy. You Fargan kind of bastard. perfect way of doing it. Yeah. And he gets deported, claims he's not from there. Like that Roman Maroney was one of my, I, that, that movie, uh, Michael Keaton, all of that is just so. Uh, it's good. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, underrated so i gotta ask some car questions here dude if you got if you got a movie that takes place in the 70s um what's uh what's ralphie as an adult what's his car um pontiac um and um he drives so his dad was a pontiac man right so oh in the first one he drove a pontiac the dad did yeah and ralph's a um uh plymouth guy um we have so we shot the movie in bulgaria did you know that no but i imagine you saved a shitload of money if you went all the way and we could build a lot of stuff we built 11 houses we built like ralphie's like the parker house the bumpus house next door and 11 houses on that street the great thing about being there was you could build we built we literally built the entire neighborhood and I mean, built it like for real, like real structures with windows and doors. It was amazing. So Wait, how'd you incredible. get the cars over there? They had all these classic cars because they're starting to do a lot of movies. And I think they're oh. doing different like action movies and stuff and they're sourcing cars. So they actually had some old 
a lot of old cars, which was awesome. So I was shocked. I figured we'd have to get a ton of them, but they had them. Half of them didn't run. I mean, there was a lot of guys pushing, jumping, <laughs> starting. Yeah. But you uh, kind of get it taken. They coast through. But my Plymouth was, what do you call it? Three on the. Three in the column. Three in the yeah. three. Which was kind of cool. So I did a little driving lesson for that. It was originally orange. We we painted it to green. And then there's there was one moment where we're, I drive fast. And, then, and, it, and they really let me do it. And I drove. And I got the fishtail as I kind of popped that out, which is cool. Oh, that's so much fun. It helps. All that stuff really helps put you into character, too. Like the clothing. We got to grow side sideburns. Everyone did a, you know, some you, it, I was thinking it was like the hockey playoffs. You know, when guys are forced to grow beards and it kind of exposes who can do it and who can't. Yeah. I had, I still haven't tied it, but I had some decent sideburns because Ralphie's your grounded lead. So he can't be crazy. But the guy who plays Flick named Scott Schwartz, he got full muttons. It's pretty dope and he could grow them. So we had oh, some fun cool. with it. Yeah. It was. Yeah. That's that. That's that. Fun. Well, that's that era. We used to talk about that on Efforts for Family where a 25 year old guy looked like he was 43. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. I don't know what it was. It was something about the long hair and the facial hair. Like and to this the day, parted long hair, and then the chops, and then the stash. Yeah, you just—I mean, you look like a man, young. Yeah, I don't. I well, I, I remember too, like being when you were a kid. If I looked at a guy who was twenty-five years old, and he had that look, and he was leaning against his car smoking a cigarette, I was like, that guy knows everything. Yeah, that guy knows right. everything about the fucking <laughs> He's world. Seen it all. He's got it all figured out. Now I look back. <laughs> I think about myself as 25. I was like, oh, my God, I was a kid. Yeah, I didn't know a fucking thing. Yeah, you're playing video games till 4 o'clock in the morning. It's like, <laughs> there's a lot of life out there. That we're not I hate to tell you this, dude. That was actually my early 30s. <laughs> That's okay. It was even worse. Dude, it was I it stayed was playing dark. into my 30s. I know. We were into Madden a lot, too. We'd get... Dude, at one point, we were so into... We would play the college football game, Okay. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know how you would play both sides of the ball? We yeah. didn't, you could get this, remember the brick and you could put four controllers into it, uh-huh. right? So you had four controllers. Dude, so we had eight guys, dedicated offense, dedicated defense. And we had our same team and we would play against the computer. And then I was a designated kicker. I was so obsessed that if they were driving, I'd open the door and start stretching and kicking my foot like I was a field goal kicker really warming up. <laughs> and then I'd come in, you know, and you get sitting and it's like, you know, to kick it, to yeah. nail it and get the angle just right. Um, but I and was that's like, all that stuff that ended up in swingers, right? That was all when you guys were all living over we there, We were right? doing it after. Yeah, I mean, that was the real stuff. They were doing hockey and swingers. We took it to later to a crazy level. We were dedicated. My only job was a defensive lineman. I happened to be kicker as well. Vince played safety. Then we had a linebacker and we had an interior lineman. And that was the only four guys job the entire night. And then you had offense, the other four guys. We'd high five and switch like running off the field. It was nuts, dude. Like it was crazy when they'd punt. As they'd dumb as that sounds, that's five. like one like of the, the coolest same, things ever. It was like NF, it was like for real, it was like fantasy football before fantasy football on the video game. Like we were living as though we were defensive linemen and running backs. It was fun. It was really fun. I mean, that was sort of where we took it. But that was fun because we'd make it like a dude's night and we'd get some beer and some pizza and hang out. And as everyone was getting older, it was easier to spend time together. So we sort of centered it around that, but it was fun. That's amazing. Who else is uh, Who else is in the movie? 
all the kid cast comes back. So the kid, so wow. my brother and all the actual actors playing them, which was phenomenal, which was another reason, like another sort of box I wanted to check to, to do this. Um, Scott Farkas, the bully, um, Grover Dill, his toady, um, Flick and Schwartz and Randy all come back. And how, dude, how um, surreal was that the first day when you were on beyond, the set with beyond, all of beyond. these guys? So we were finishing construction on those houses that I was saying, and like they were putting the last coat of paint on, on a house. And then the guys were starting to blow the snow on the trees for the next morning shooting. And it was the evening. And I looked around, I'm like, oh my God, we're back. And I called the guys, they were in the hotel. And I said, you got to get down here right now. Just have your drivers drive you right now. And they came down and got out of the car and looked and just, we all had this moment, like, man, we're back. Like this world is recreated and we're in it. And for them, you know, I had been working on it for a while, but I asked them how they felt. And they said it was shockingly more emotional. Like they really kind of got a little overwhelmed in a good way with a lot of, a lot of emotion. You know, the movie is such an interesting movie when it's kind of hits this sort of iconic status, just how embedded in a part of it all the people that are in it are sometimes you don't realize it, I think. And it's just, it repeats and there's fans and they've got a house that's, you know, the original house is a museum and it's in, you know, the library of Congress and all these places. It, you have this association that you almost don't realize until you stop and think about it. And I think for them to be back was just a real powerful experience. And it was cool for us to be together because we had not really been together as a posse. I've seen all the guys in parts and pieces throughout the years. So it was it was really cool to be there and to be able to just sort of bond in that memory. And I think you really, you really feel the friendships and the connections. It feels like kind of like when you go home, you know, it's about Ralphie going home. He goes back to the old neighborhood and he lives in Chicago. He lives in a big city trying to make his bones and it's not going well for him. Um, you feel that, you know, and it was cool to, to imagine, okay, where, where, where are these guys now? 30 odd years later, where's Flick and Schwartz? Personally, that that's my favorite thing, um, <clears throat> about movies when they do that. Or, um, even like when Animal House ended and they said what people ended up doing, like to me, that was always like fascinating to me. It was why I liked the back to the future trilogy where totally. I, I loved when like, yes. Yeah, like Biff was like, you know, he made all this money, you know, the sports gambling thing. And like, okay. and, um, you know, the first one where, you know, he switches it. And then all of a sudden he's got the, he had the cool Toyota pickup truck with the four wheel yeah. drive and his family was actually like winners and stuff. I find, um, I don't know why, cause I am a sentimental person. And then I also like, you know, I went to high school with like a bunch of, you know, cool people. So I had, I had a genuine like love for the people that I went to school with the grades above me and below me. Like there's just really a lot of cool people. And, uh, you know, when I run into them on the road, just hearing their stories, what yeah, they're exactly. doing and what they ended up now, they have like kids like uh, I was did uh, Houston recently and I ran into this kid, not a kid anymore, we're both in our 50s, but this dude is arguably one of the funniest fucking guys I ever met. He had me laughing so hard. Eighth grade went by in like three weeks. Mm. I did terrible in school. All this dude just did was make me laugh. So good. And and to run into him all of those years later, you know, his kids are grown and all of that. And he's like, you know, settled into married life. Yeah. And um, 
you know, an adult and a mature thing. But every once in a while, I just poked him a little bit, got him going. I saw that flicker in his eye again. I'm like, there he is. There he is. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think sometimes those relationships you cement younger, you know, they can carry when you remain friends. And obviously life changed. So it's, it's fun to imagine where they are sometimes, you know, not as predictable as you might think. And other times sort of like, yeah. That's probably where I would kind of imagine that guy to wind up to be. So that was, it's fun to kind of, when you can create those characters that mm-hmm. when you just have a blank page and it's, you know, and we involved them, you know, once we kind of had it baked, we brought them over early and we rehearsed with them and kind of got their take and everyone was able to help sort of shape their stuff a little bit. So that that was, that was a very fun process for me. I know it's going to be great because I've worked with you. And <clears throat> when I tell people, you know, the stereotype of Hollywood is that everybody's just fucking, you know, kicking it in a pool, you know, <laughs> drinking a margarita, like living the smoking a cigar run. all day. Yeah, like you got like yeah. all of this free time. It's like I try to tell them, it's like, dude, you don't understand. Like the people that are really doing well out there, like the level um <clears throat> of it's not physical, it's that brain shit. Like I remember the first time we went through an animatic. We yeah. did Epis for Family, and for those of you guys who never did an animated show, like that first season is so hard because you you don't know what the characters look like, and it can't look like any other animated show. So when you're doing mm-hmm. eyes, you're like, okay, that's that's too much like Scooby-Doo, and Johnny Quest did this or whatever. And I was joking, you have to almost come up with like your own race of animated characters. Like, totally. okay, yeah, you can't go yellow because everybody on The Simpsons it. is yellow. Right. Right. You can't do the, the the cheesy animation because the South Park guys have done right. that. And uh, but I remember we went through that first animatic, went through the whole fucking thing. And it took with my ADD that three hours felt like I don't know what. Yeah. And we went through it again. And then we looked at the uh, the uh, um, what was it? The drawings and all of that. So we put in like yeah. a 10 hour day. And I'm thinking like, all right. Like, let's get the fuck out of here. And then you looked at me like, no, we're going to go through the animatic one more time before. And I kind of <laughs> snapped. I was like, are you guys out of your fucking mind? And you guys all just stared at me like, no, this is what the process is. And that's what I was sitting there going to myself. Like, what the fuck did I just sign up for? Because my idea was like, dude, I'm going to do this animated show. I'm going to come with a baseball hat and fucking yada yada into a microphone and then just go fuck off and go have a couple of beers. I had no idea. And I remember um, you, Victoria, like you guys just didn't, you guys didn't wear out. You were like a fighter in that fifth round. You still had plenty of gas. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I think you have, I mean, I don't know. That's the only way I know how to do it. Um, I know. You got to make it excellent. (laughs) But you give a shit too, you know, look, you could have easily voiced and bounced and felt like, all right, we'll put it together and we'll see where it lands. But you cared. I I, I remember our final night of season one when we had the color and it uh-huh. was another marathon night and we looked again and it was like play it again. And we were live time. We were able to tweak and edit. Right. Remember, I think we were in Wild West doing it. We had a little system yeah. set up and you finally turned and said, OK, we're done. And you said, no matter what happens with the show, I'm really proud of what we've done here. And I knew that you felt that way. And it was like, because we didn't know, like when you launch something, you don't know if it's going to get in the culture hit. You just don't know. And, you know, we had limited press. Netflix was still new. We were, I think, one of the first 10 shows network. This was 2015. But you, I saw you kind of release 
you were like, okay, yeah. it's done and it's ready to go. And whatever happens, happens. And you felt that you were happy. And I felt like in a lot of ways, that was kind of in the early boxes of mission statements. Like you were putting a lot of your personal stuff out there. So I think all of us collaborating, you were like, look, this is, you know, Bill's vision. We want him to be happy. We're going to support and push after 10 hours. <laughs> yes, a lot. But ultimately, like it made us feel good that you felt good in a way because it was sort of like that was part of the goal. Well, now it obviously went on to do well and we had five seasons and it found an audience, but even- I got one for you. Done. Some fan sent in today, who's was up in Vancouver. I he saw that. A, a, he <laughs> saw that on the freight train? Yeah, yes. for listeners at home on the freight train, some uh, some graffiti artist put uh, Rosie and uh, Frank Murphy on the side of this freight train and that thing's going- So good, just Canada, maybe down America. Into the US. Yeah, I thought that was like that someone gave a shit enough. Like, that's like, I wish people could understand like what that feels like. We were like in that room figuring out how to draw this thing. And like, know. you know, seven, eight years later, somebody's painting it on the side of a train. You're like, and the, ta the tattoos, people send the tattoos like they're permanently putting these characters on their body. I mean, that's a pretty good compliment, too, right? Well, here's the thing, dude. I cannot wait to see this movie. I'm finally off the road. My tour is done. And uh, I think you'll dig it, dude. It's fun. I, I'm mean, definitely gonna. I, I mean, obviously, dude. I gotta, I gotta support you. Everything you've done for me. But like when I saw the trailer, I was going, I go, look at, look at Peter, man. He was. It was just, a little. You went behind threat. the scenes, and then you pop right back out, and you know that muscle behind comes the scenes, right back. Did it? It's the fifth Christmas movie now that I've done. Um, when you throw in Elf, and then I did another one this year, Christmas with the Campbells. Um. And the two Christmas stories and four Christmases. Um, All right, I was so, so I nervous know. you were going to say that you're the queen of Christmas, and I wanted to let you know that Mariah what? Carey has trademarked. I can never take that mantle. Yeah, and I'm don't, certainly not the king. Don't say either. that she can sue you. Don't ever oh, call yourself no copywritten. Oh wow! Well, God bless her. That's a title I will gladly never refer to myself as. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about that, Bill. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little disappointed. I kind of was one of my goals to be the queen of christmas yeah can you imagine uh, being the lawyer taking that phone call yeah listen i i want to be christmas again i like, have this idea to brand myself the queen of christmas okay cool we'll call, no 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 i want to trademark it i don't want anybody else i am the queen of christmas can you imagine having to be the guy to call the people to say you can't say that anymore <laughs> like i'm so sorry to inform you Two adults are going to get on that and phone. retract that statement. I know, and they're like, "It's Christmas." Like, I'm just trying to have a nice Christmas. I, I, I'm sorry, you can no longer refer yeah. to yourself as that. Although, yeah, there's people out there trademarking their kids' names. Like nobody else can name your kid this fucking name. It's fucking. No, that's too much, dude. That's, I, no, it's, that's it's, way it's, too much. My thing is, all I think about is the lawyers, and it's just like they're. First, they're probably when they hang up, they laugh, and then they go. Then they're looking at all their standard contracts for different situations, and it's yeah. like, all right, we, we just got to look at this kid like he's the name of a movie. <laughs> Let's just take that contract, get rid of uh, Jaws three, put the kid's name in there, <laughs> and I think we can uh, get out of here by Friday around midnight. Oh, it's so sad. No, I mean, there's. There's a, it gets to a point where it's exhausting because people have taken my license. I'll walk by a cookie store, you know, a bakery or something, and I look down and it's my face on a freaking cookie in the window. 
And part of you is tempted to go in and be like, man, come on, you know? And then another part of me is just like, move on. But I have some friends that'll go in and start yelling at the proprietor. Like, you have to pay a license for that. It'll be oh, me. Oh, no, like, you can't do it. There's some that's local what I'm saying. Thing. I'm just like, If it whatever. was Starbucks and they put them all around the fucking country, you know? But that's exactly. only because they but don't a local like cookie coffee. store, I agree. I'm like, all right, it's fine. You know, if I walk in, give me a cookie. That's a deal. We're done. It's easy. It's simple. But it's you. You do have to. You do have to kind. I mean, you do have to police it a little bit though, because it can get out of hand. People will start. Um, I remember they started a beer. It is kind of funny to pick up a cookie with your face on it and start shouting at another adult. Now listen here, as you're eating it slowly. I want you to it on me walking by your bakery, did you? It's probably a good way to parent as well. Like your parents are looking like, whoa. I went. I, I saw someone had started a beer, and they had my face on a beer tap, and it was something like you know Ralphie's Suds or something. I don't know what it was. It was some flavor of beer. I was like, oh, that's kind of clever. But you have to monitor uh, yeah. it a little bit. I also do you even have control of that? I mean, you were a kid. I mean, that's not that's you really have control in the room. sense that you still control your own likeness, right? So that you do, but all the crazy merchandising that this movie has ensued and all the products that they've made. I mean, right. Think of a movie. No one ever, ever imagined ever being able to do it. You know, and just my favorite thing is when you used to tell stories about how they would show that movie, the Christmas story, 24 hours straight on one channel. And then they would say to you, they'd only pay you for one playing going like, well, that was all just one playing. And you're like, no, man, you paid it like 15 times. I should get, and they're like, well, no, nobody sad. watched it 15 times in a row. It's like, well, did you get paid once for 24 hours of advertising? And you, no, of course they did. Yeah. Every time you sold a commercial, did you get a check? SAG has some rule, I think, that if you play something multiple times in the day, you only pay residuals on a day. So that was a light bulb moment. I'm like, oh, so that's why they're running a marathon because it's basically free. And all they do is collect all the different revenue. But you know what? They're faceless and you're not. So then people will be like, what's this guy whining about? The pip, the pip, the... No, um, dude, you got You got to take the good with the bad. It was fun. I just had, um, I went through a bunch of these kind of old war stories. I, did you know I started a podcast? No, I didn't. It's I'm just, offended that I haven't been asked to do it. They are well, okay. It's My because ego. we're only six episodes in, but we're profiling uh, um, classic Christmas movies. So I hosted with Nick Shank. And we kind of break down like themes and why these movies resonate with us um mm -hmm. and i did a christmas story and i had um i had flick and schwartz and randy on and it was kind of awesome because we were going back through all the remembrances of doing the original and a lot of stuff that i had forgotten because they're in the same boat like no one's really been financially compensated going forward <laughs> so it's sort of like let's tell some war stories and remember <laughs> some kind of yeah. cool times we kind of broke down the flagpole but um i remember because i was just talking to the cinematographer of home alone and he said that they kept joe pesci away from macaulay colkin the director did to not let him get comfortable so anytime they were in a scene like he would be able to be scared, right? If you're hanging out in the trailer, it kind of dispels that. And I remember people used to do that to me and Bob Clark did that with the bullies. They had reminded me that he didn't really, the director didn't really let us play 
on set with them. He wanted to keep them like super scary. So you get that kind of organic fright every time they come around. Even a little Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> kind of oddly, yes. Yeah, it was like, um, yeah, and trying to get reactions on camera. I loved all that old stuff. I, I remember, I think, it, I, I think it was on that one when I had to cry. I was pretty good at crying because I had done enough movies. But every now and then, some AD would try, literally, because uh, they would get frustrated if it was taking you a minute. They're like, look, I got this on good authority. We just killed your dog. How do you feel about that? Your dog is dead. I was like, first of all, I was like, I ain't falling for that. You know, right. I've been the business I was two and a half, but I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it is so nuts. You're so desperate to get a kid to cry that you would go there. Yeah, no, those were those were the days, man. Those you could were abuse the children. Days. Those were the days when you could abuse children. Um, I'm gonna go into a coughing fit here <coughs> if I don't wrap this up here because i don't know what the i have that fucking rsvp whatever the fuck that virus is did you I get it i think i did because i've been <laughs> you fuck you did. well i got tested for covid they don't have anything for that yeah you know Perfect. i think it's a conspiracy man um anyway uh a christmas story christmas is in theaters now with the great peter billingsley returning with most of the original class uh cast they rebuilt the whole town i mean it's it's incredible and uh, I feel really lucky that I have a wife and two beautiful kids to bring it to and that it's a family friendly movie. Um, I know my daughter's going to love it. I think my son might be a little too young, but uh, I think she's going to yeah. love it. Going to yeah. hit it this week. And awesome. um, I'll give you my little review. Thank after. you, sir. I'm kidding. Love I'm it. kidding. Yeah, this was All right. The great Peter Billingsley, very... everybody. Go check out A Christmas Story Christmas in theaters now. Great for fun for all the family and the kids. All right. Thank Merry, you. We'll see you on Monday. good um that's it dude one more monday there's one more monday after this one all right we're down to our second to last time out here before i do this podcast right ah man i got nothing to talk about this week you know why because old freckles is on fucking vacation all right i'm not doing shit i'm not doing it i'm not doing fuck you don't Wanna fuck with Beanie? Cause Beanie is on vacation. You don't wanna fuck with Beanie. Why not? Cause Beanie is on vacation. Bitch, I'ma kill you.
Um, <laughs> I have absolutely nothing to talk about because I've been in a fucking writer's room and uh, had a little acting gig. And I've been in the fucking bubble. I have no idea what's going on in the world right now. Other than Sony leaks. Everybody freaking out about Sony leaks. Did you, did you read any? No, I didn't read any of the fucking things. Why would I read that? It's somebody else's email, you fucking weirdo. Why don't you stand outside their window and rub your dick? You know? You're a piece of shit if you read any of those fucking emails. That's all I'm saying, okay? Because be honest with yourself. If somebody stole your fucking all your shit, you wouldn't be in trouble. You wouldn't be a little nervous. You don't got a dick pic or a fucking or something. You didn't look at something weird. Right? You didn't trash the fucking chick one cubicle over because you want to fuck her and she won't. So you start saying she's a lesbian or she's frigid or some shit. You probably said it way worse than that. Right? Now you're going to hold these people. You're going to hold these people accountable. These wonderful people over at Sony. That make movies for your snot-nosed fucking kids to watch so you can go in the other room and fucking steal a fucking 20 minutes of sleep. You know, maybe go walk out onto your balcony and fucking huff a little. Smoke a little weed. Why does that moment happen, huh? Because of people like Sony. Making movies about fucking stereotypical characters on rugs flying around the Middle East, Right? Talking planes and talking cars. Fat people with no legs talking to computers. All those fucking movies. It's because of people like them. And what do you do? You turn around. You find out that their fucking emails are on the internet. And what do you do, you piece of shit? How do you repay them for shutting your fucking snot-nosed kid up for two and a half fucking hours? Two hours, whatever. Because of those wonderful people over at Sony, you can take your dumbass kid that only you find cute, prop him up in front of the fucking TV, and he can sit there goddamn catatonic. You know? Well, maybe you got time to go rub one out or go pour yourself a fucking whiskey or maybe just have a couple of minutes to yourself and enjoy a piece of toast. How do you repay them? You immediately sit down on the fucking in your computer and you go and you read their fucking emails. During the holiday season. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, I, I could give a fuck about all of that. Um, I don't understand why they pulled the fucking movie, though. Do you really think the Al-Qaeda was going to do that shit? Let's just say they were behind 9-11. Who knows at this point, right? It's like, you know, who came up with the fucking grilled cheese sandwich at this point. Everybody's claim responsibility. It was my, it was my Aunt Harriet. She lived in Wisconsin or some fucking bullshit, right? Everybody's claimed fucking responsibility. Everybody's been blamed for that from Saddam to Al-Qaeda to your buddy named Fred down the fucking street. All right. So let's just say that these guys, you know, these fucking 600 people on a jungle gym half a world away did this shit, right? Let's just say they did it. You're telling me that they're going to go from knocking down buildings and, and, and fucking blowing up the Pentagon to attacking a movie theater? Doesn't that seem like anticlimactic? That's, that's kind of like as a comedian. You would start with your best joke and then it just fucking tapers off from there and then slowly you're, you're just like... 
the crowd's just staring at you. I mean, I would think their next move would be something even bigger, right? You'd think, right? If murdering innocent people is an art, you'd want to progress like anybody else. Does a guitar player want to be worse than he was the day before? I don't think he does. We got more movie theaters than they have members in Al-Qaeda. I don't understand what the fucking problem is. What are they going to do? They're just going to walk in? They're going to get all those fucking cunts over here. I guess they were just going to do it to one. I don't know. It just seemed like a pussy move. We just caved. We fucking caved. Now what? Now what's the next thing they're going to fucking threat? Oh, Jesus, am I doing that argument? Oh, it's a slippery slope. Next thing you know, we can't read newspapers. <laughs> um, I, don't give a, I don't really give a shit about any fucking story in the news. Uh, unless it's some local guy who did something heroic. If uh, it's, it's somebody who saved a fucking animal. Or uh, they're talking about what a piece of shit banks and insurance companies are. Other than that, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't hate the environment. I'm over the environment. We're going to destroy it. You know? People are going to sit there and deny that we have any sort of effect on the climate of this fucking planet. Whatever. Yeah, we, why would we? Why would we? We, do, we? we live on land and we've ruined the oceans. How could we ever affect the climate? There's over one trillion pieces of fucking plastic in the goddamn ocean. We live on the land, people. How does that happen? Is there a shark fucking up your backyard? I don't think there is. We're essentially the worst fucking thing on the planet and the coolest thing. You know what I mean? Because we have inventions. As far as I know, no other animal on this planet has ever invented anything. Not a fucking thing. You know, we get all ex- you get all excited when you see your dog use his hands as like a pair of paws to hold a fucking bone. Look at his dog. He's hung a bone. The bone is straight up and down. Right? We can make a robot dog at this point. You hear that, Cleo? You're obsolete. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know any anything what the fuck is going on. But you know something? The next time somebody's account gets hacked, why don't you have a little bit of empathy going like, hey, you know, I wouldn't like that to happen to me. And just leave him the fuck alone. Who gives a shit? They're talking shit about different fucking people. Of course they are. That's what people do. That's what everybody does. Me and old Joe DeRosa, we get on the phone. Sometimes we'll call another fucking comedian. And all three of us will just sit there. First we start off, we trash each other. And then the circle just gets bigger and bigger. Start trashing other people we know. And sometimes we're trashing somebody so well, we actually call that person up because we don't want them to miss it. (laughs) Um, Anyways, who gives a fuck? The Sony leaks acting like somebody broke into the fucking Pentagon. Um, anyways, this is the Monday morning podcast. Uh, I'm fucking psyched. I'm psyched, but downstairs in my house is basically finished. They got a couple of knickknack things at this point. I'm over it. We actually moved in to the downstairs area. Oh, my God. I was going to fucking... I don't know what I was going to do. I was going to take a bucket of water and dump it over my wife's head the other day, right? 
She wants to move the fucking bed downstairs, okay? But the, the workers still have to come here in the morning. They got to do a little touch-up paint. They got to fucking fix this, and that's a little off. You know, sand this thing down. And she's all hot to try to get the goddamn bed downstairs. All right? And I get it. I get it. I understand. When a man pays for a house, it's not his house. It's the woman's house. It's a giant doll house, and they're going to fucking decorate it. And they already knew what they were going to put in the fucking thing when they were like seven years old. Okay? And I gave into that shit. I'm like, yeah, fine, fine, whatever, you know? Go nuts. Go nuts. Because someday I'm going to redo that fucking garage. Okay? I'm going to redo that fucking garage. I'm going to add a second floor to it. And I'm going to have, only I will have keys to it. And uh, whenever I'm sick of you, I'm just going to fucking go in there. I'm sick of fucking dreaming about a house that has a garage that's separate from the house. I kind of have that in a way. I'll just build a fucking upstairs. And I will just say, you are not allowed up there. You know, what do you think she's going to do? Do you think she can actually leave it alone? She won't. She won't. So anyways, she wants to bring the bed downstairs. It's the only bed we have in the fucking house, right? We had a guest bed, but it was out in the garage, and the rain came down and fucked up the mattress. So we don't have, all we have is a box spring upstairs. Whatever. She gets the fucking people to put the goddamn bed there. So we go downstairs, all right? Both of us had gone out the night before. We were out till 2, 2.30 in the fucking morning. Now we're sleeping downstairs. And who shows up at 7 in the morning? The fucking workers. So now we got to get up. We could have kept sleeping if we were upstairs. So we get up. Right? We get up. We walk upstairs. And I'm not saying shit. And we go upstairs. And the only place to sleep is the fucking couch. And she goes and she just fucking lays down right on the goddamn couch and immediately goes to sleep. And I'm like, well, where the fuck am I supposed to sleep? She mumbled something and went back to sleep. So I had to grab two cushions off the back of the couch, walk in, and fucking build like a mini bed on top of this fucking box spring. And I went in there and I slept. And oh, was I in a fucking mood that day. Jesus fucking Christ. You know? But my wife is the shit. Or she's smart as, smart as hell because afterwards, when she asked me why I was being so snippy when I explained the scenario. She apologized and it was sincere, and she really meant it. So then I was just left with this fucking anger I had nothing to do with, right? So I just went over to my dog, and I, I just put it in a headlock, right? I just started fucking I'm kidding. Um, anyways, let's read some fucking advertising here for this week. Bought my Christmas tree late. Yeah, went down there. It's pretty good, though. The good people, they didn't have a bunch of Charlie Brown Christmas trees, even though I like those ones. I always feel bad for them, or I just think the ornaments look better when there's less branches instead of that fucking shrub shaped like a ghost that most Christmas trees are. I actually bought a Christmas tree that I'm taller than. <laughs> just bought a little one. You know, my truck's still in storage because those workers still have their shit in the garage. There's this slowly fucking, you know, they're leaving my house the way we're leaving Afghanistan, you know, <clears throat> one tank at a time. And, um, I don't know. So I, mean, I usually just, you know, go out and get a full-size fucking tree, and I just throw it in the back of my truck, and I drive down the street like I'm a man, and I know how to fix things, you know? But uh, this year, all I had was the Prius. So what am I going to do, stick a giant fucking tree on there? I'm not. Just give me a Prius-sized Christmas tree. I could actually bully my Christmas tree. I could walk up to it and take all the ornaments, and it wouldn't do anything. It'd just stare at the fucking floorboards. It's kind of sad. And then I went. This is how late it started. I got. Then I bought, what are they called, poinsettias, those fucking red flowers. Bought them at the grocery store. I bought the two last ones looking like a... Both, they're all shriveled up, looking like a junkie. Just sort of nodding off. 
or whatever. And uh, that's it. Threw some bulbs on it. Put those fucking flowers on either side of the fireplace and it's over. It's Christmas time. So I do it. I'm sorry, guys. I I don't fucking have anything. You know what I have? I have some information for you. Uh, The Patrice O'Neill benefit, everybody. Slowly but surely, this benefit is going to fucking sell out. (laughs) This is always a bitch every goddamn year, you know, hyping this thing around the holidays. I'd love to get tickets, but I have to buy a scarf for my aunt. Um, All right, Patrice O'Neill benefit. The third annual Patrice O'Neill comedy benefit is Wednesday, February 11th, 2015 at at 7 p.m. at the city center, 131 West 55th Street between 6th and 7th Ave. Uh, the lineup in alphabetical order, Ben Bailey, Bill Burr, Colin Quinn, David Tell, Hannibal Burris, Jim Florenty, Jim Norton, Michael Che, and Rich Voss. What the fuck else are you going to get a show like that? Tickets can be purchased the following way, following way online at www.nycitycenter.org or by calling 212-581-1212. Makes a great fucking Christmas gift and, uh, really helps us do a wonderful thing. For the great Patrice O'Neill. Um, and whatever. The box office window is 131 West 55th Street. Between 6th and 7th Ave. And while I'm at it. Um, if you guys are fans of the Rose Bowl. And you live in the uh, Lorraine. Is it Lorraine, Ohio? Lorraine Catholic. Was the name of the school that Jason Lawhead went to. Uh, Rose Bowl legend. And Grillmaster. Jason Lawhead is going to be performing a theater show. This is a very unique show in Lorraine, Ohio. And his Hall of Fame uh, high school basketball coach father is going to be opening up telling stories. I don't think I've ever seen a father open up for his son at a stand-up show, much less a Hall of Fame basketball coach who's going to be telling stories. And uh, a couple of years ago, we did that bus tour through the South uh, he came along with us, and he's just really one of the most amazing human beings I ever met. Uh, I think that's December 27th. We'll have all that information if you want to go. Once again, that, that also makes a great Christmas gift there. Um, so I haven't been doing shit. You know, what I, you know what I do whenever the downtime comes around again is I fucking um, I get into cooking, speaking of Jason Lawhead. And last night, for the first time ever, I usually am a grill guy. And pork chops, I always broiled them because that's how I learned how to make them when I was a kid. You just broil them. I'm just going to pause here and wait for all the foodies to be like, oh, my God, you don't broil them. Um, I actually pan-seared, pan-seared these fucking pork chops last night, and they were fucking delicious. Browned them up on both sides in a skillet, right? And then I took the skillet, and I stuck it in the oven at 400 degrees. For like another five, six minutes. Probably should have had them in there for seven. They were pretty thick. And I uh, took those fuckers out. And I had this magazine that taught you how to do a, uh, it's called a butter bath. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm putting on weight here. You just drop some butter into the skillet afterwards. You don't even have to have it on heat. It's been in the fucking oven, so it's already hot, right? You just drop it in there and you throw in some sage, fresh sage, thyme, and uh, some rosemary couple of fucking little garlic uh, knuckles, whatever the fuck you call those things. 
and you let that, once the bubble, bubbles and the butter foam up, you just spoon it up and you drop it on the fucking pork chop. Forget it. Go fuck yourself. Then you take the pork chop and whoever you cooked it for, you slap him in the face with and you say, eat that shit. And don't wipe the grease off your face or I'll never cook for you again. And I'll tell you, they'll sit there and eat that whole fucking thing with a smile on their face and grease with rosemary in it right on the side of their face. And they won't feel humili- humiliated at all. That's a true story. That's what I did last night. Um, let's, let's, let me just read some fucking advertisement before this whole goddamn podcast goes off the rails, okay? All right there. Um, what do we got here? I actually don't have this at my fingertips anymore because I had to fucking get a new operating system. And then like the notes thing where I, I write my uh, ideas or whatever, I have to sign up for some shit. And they want all this fucking information. Fucking weirdos. All right, here we go. Sherry's Berries, everybody. Don't get your tinsel in a tangle. Christmas is this Thursday. Have you checked everyone off your list? Don't sweat it. I can help. Avoid stressing out about what last-minute gift to get. Sherry's Berries is a unique gift that is sure to be a hit, and it's just a click away. With only, If you're really stressing about a gift, I don't think, oh, I know, I'll get them chocolate strawberries. This is the gift you give somebody that you got to get them a gift. Just to show you're making a fucking effort. All right? Sherry's berries. Don't, don't, get, don't get beside yourself. All right? Ah, oh, shit. I forgot to get my mother a gift. I think I'll get her chocolate-covered strawberries. <laughs> She'll fucking disown you. This is a gift. You get that broad, you're banging, but you're not going to commit to the relationship. All right, with only a day left to shop, your time is limited. Give this incredible, delicious gift and skip the crowds all together. Buy Sherry's Berries in seconds. Um, we got freshly dipped strawberries from Sherry's Berries starting at nineteen ninety nine. and you can double those berries, right, for only $10 more. Christmas is in three days, and we can still guarantee the delivery by Christmas. You just need my code to take advantage of the deal, Burr, B-U-R-R. All right, additional copy points. Describe the berries in your own words. Try using advertising adjectives like decadent, fresh, juicy, sweet, and irresistible. All right, I'll use all of them, Sherry. Let me tell you something. These decadent, fresh, juicy, sweet, chocolate-covered strawberries, they are irresistible. Choose berries dipped in tempting white milk and dark chocolatey goodness. That's, That's the kind of sentence that makes me hate fat people. Is it really tempting? Oh, God, I have to... What's the matter? Oh, those fucking strawberries on the corner, man. They're fucking looking at me, man. Top, all right, we get the fucking point. What am I doing here? Visit berries.com. Spell out the word berries, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone on the top right-hand corner and type in burr, B-U-R-R. It's the perfect gift without any hassle, man, this Christmas. Yeah, it is the perfect gift. Who the fuck wants to go to a store? You know, I wanted to go buy some workout clothes for my wife, so I went down to the Nike store, and when I showed up the other day on a Saturday right before Christmas, there was a line of fucking people out the store, and I'm thinking like, oh, this has to be those sneakerheads, right? This guy, they're, they're reissuing uh, fucking Patrick Ewing's jockstrap, and all these guys, oh, this fucking dope. I got to get it, right? So I figured I could just walk all around it, but I was stopped at a red light, and I looked at everybody in line, and it was all different aged people older people and shit. And I was like, oh my God, that's the line to get in the store. Well, it looks like somebody's not getting workout clothes. And no, that wasn't going to be the main gift. That was just one of those things, you know, to fill out the area around the tree. Sweatpants are great. It takes up space. They're easy to wrap. All right. All right. How do you like that, guys? I read those pretty good. I think I read those pretty fucking good. 
All right, let's talk some fucking little bit of football this week. Patriots, Jets. Good. Have you ever seen an uglier win? Good Lord, that was an ugly fucking game. Um, I actually think the Jets should have won that game. Am I on my fucking mind? And Geno Smith should not be blamed for both of those sacks. The second one, he said hike, there was a guy in his face. But that the first one that took him out of field goal range to the point the guy had to kick it low. And Vince Wilfork, a fucking 350-pound guy, somehow blocked a field goal. Um, I would blame him on that one. But I'll tell you who I wouldn't blame. I wouldn't blame Rex Ryan. I, uh, as much as I think that guy uh, has no class, and then when he gets called on it, he acts like a baby. You know, he talks all kinds of shit. And then when they lose, he's like, you know, people are going to criticize this team, but they have no right to. Yeah, they do. They do. You talked a bunch of shit and said you were going to win the whole thing, and then you didn't. You set yourself up for the criticism. Um, But I still think he's a fucking great coach, and I don't think that that's the problem with that team. When he had the players, he got them to the uh, AF East, uh, AFC, not the AFC East, the fucking AFC championship game. Jesus, Bill. Even watch the sport. But... um, Sometimes they just make a change because they feel like it quiets the fan base. They just fucking lop somebody's head off. But I think that that would be a fucking mistake. As much as I would love to see that guy, I don't want to see him lose his job. Like maybe lose the Jets job and then go over to the NFC. I don't want to fucking see that guy anymore. He drives me up the fucking wall. Like when Brady threw that pick and then he's running on the field, fucking pumping his fist, looking like some loser at the track because his dog finally came in, you know. I don't fucking know. I just, he, he yeah, I, I like the guy, but he just, you know, he talks all that shit. And then when it's, and then when he has a bad team, he fucking clams up and acts like he learned a lesson. Do you honestly think if Rex Ryan gets another loaded team that he's not going to start talking shit again? Eating bunt cakes, blowing out those stitches. Um, <laughs> all right. Let me, let me plow ahead here. And then um, I'm going to say my Bill Burr's Super Bowl pick. Stand-up comedian, never played organized football beyond the third grade. Bill Burr. His Super Bowl pick. Suck my fucking dick. Um, I'm taking Seattle Seahawks. I'm t- I know that's not a bold pick, but I, I got to tell you something. I've never been more wrong about uh, a coach than Pete Carroll. I remember Pete Carroll was with the Patriots. He followed Bill Parcells. He comes in. He's a little pretty boy. He's wearing Dockers. They make a good play. He goes, woo! I thought the guy was soft. And then when he went to, to college and he won a chance, he rebuilt the USC program, doing what you do. Got caught and ran out the back door when the Wolves started coming around. I don't give a fuck. He did what people do at Division One to win, and the guy fucking won. And I was like, oh, he's, he's, just, he's a college coach, not a pro coach. Then he fucking goes to Seattle. Where the fuck was Seattle? Where were the fuck were the Seattle Seahawks before Pete Carroll? Where were they? Huh? Nowhere. There's a bunch of Starbucks drinking douchebags wearing Birkenstocks and those rain ponchos just standing around in the rain. They were all sad. Seattle's going nowhere. A lot of people don't know, realize this. That's why Kurt Cobain killed himself. It wasn't the, the fucking ulcer. It wasn't the demons. He was just sick of rooting for the Mariners and the Seahawks. So Pete Carroll goes in there where the fan base is literally suicidal. 
And within five years, they get a fucking Super Bowl. That's hard enough to do. But the hardest fucking thing to do, I think, as a, having never coached at any fucking level, I think the hardest fucking thing to do is after you win a championship is to come out the next year and get your team hungry again to do it again. You know? That shit Pat Riley did. Okay, the shit Bill Belichick did. Like, there's very few people that can motivate Chuck Knoll did it twice to get them hungry again. Fucking Seattle. Like, their fucking defense I, 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 is... I don't even know what to say about it. Like, I, I think if they somehow, obviously, if they get fucking home f- field advantage, I just don't see anybody stopping them. And I certainly think that the, the Super Bowl champion is going to be coming out of the NFC. And I got a feeling that the Patriots, we get home field, all right, we got a chance to go to the Super Bowl again. But we don't have, I mean, anything can happen. All right, this is me just speaking logically when I watch both teams. I don't think that we have a shot against those guys. Um, but as a Patriots fan, I say fuck the Seahawks. All right, <laughs> I, I can't even say that. I mean, I don't know what the what. What are we gonna do? What what the fuck do we got? You know, we're doing well in the AFC. I don't know why it always gets like this. It always gets really unbalanced. Like fucking in the beginning, like the NFC won like the first. I don't know how many fucking championships. Super Bowls, and then the AFC went on this fucking run where we won like, well, shit, Bill, you're a nerd. You should know. It went Steelers, Steelers, Raiders, 49ers won one, won in 81. 82 was the Redskins. 83 was the Raiders. Then it was 49ers. Oh, it was the NFC that went on the run. Is that what it was? And the Bears. That's right. That's right. Then the NFC went on a run. AFC was on a run, and then NFC went on a run. And then it went AFC, and now NFC again. And I don't know why. It always just gets like, it always seems like like 60 or 70% of the NFL seasons, either the AFC championship or the NFC championship game, everybody's going, you know, who's kidding who? This is the fucking Super Bowl. And then the Super Bowl becomes a blowout. All those fucking years, it was a blowout. The Broncos lost to the Giants. That was an all right one. Then they got smoked by the fucking Redskins after going up 14 to nothing. Then 49ers Bengals was great. And then Broncos got raped. Fucking raped. Oh, and the Patriots got raped by the Bears before all that bullshit. Super Bowl 20. And the fucking Broncos got raped 55 to something by the 49ers. Then a close game with the Bills. Giants won. Then the Redskins handled the Bills. And then the Bills got raped twice in a row by the fucking Cowboys. And was it 49ers Chargers? Jesus Christ. That was like a bad pay-per-view fight, you know? Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. I just think the Seahawks are, uh, I think they're too good. And that fucking Wilson kid, that guy is the next guy. I think he's the next guy. Even beyond, uh, it might be Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck in the AFC, even though he's having a fucking. But last yesterday wasn't his fault. Jesus Christ! One guy drops a pass, and they all fucking do it. That, that Cowboys Colts game remind me of the Super Bowl last year. One bad play in the first series of downs, and they never got it back. Just all went off the fucking rails. Fucking punter through that pass looked like a Robert Parrish foul shot. 
right in the guy's hands, and he, he looked like me out there. All right. What am I talking about here? Let's, um, let's move on here. Let's get to some questions for this week. How far into the podcast are we? 32 fucking minutes. O.J. Simpson. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go off the rails here. And I'm going to read one from my other account that I found, actually found it. I thought we didn't have enough questions this week, so occasionally I'll, I'll dip into my other fucking account here to see what we got. Come on, you old-ass fucking computer. So fucking slow here. All right. Dear Billy Costanza, uh, recently, what is that, Jason uh, Alexander fucking... Because I'm bald and I yell. Um, Recently, I was in Boston for work and decided to visit a good old friend of mine from back in the day. While I was visiting, I happened to run into his younger sister, who is my age. Nothing creepy. Oh, Jesus. In high school, I was the bad boy class clown. Ah, gee. What were you in? Grease? Fucking jerk off? I just pictured you in a leather jacket. I'll go grease laughing. Um... I loved all those singing jerk-offs like the people thought that they fucking built that car. They were in the glee club. All right, it's the burnouts. The burnouts down the hall and fucking woodshop and the power mechanics. They, they could do something like that. Anyways, and she was the... You know, I've never seen Grease. I've never seen it. Whenever I turn it on, they're always racing in the, in the L.A. River. And I think one time I saw the ending. But uh, never seen it. But I've seen all of Grease, too. And when I saw it, I enjoyed it. Um, All right, plowing ahead here. In high school, I was the bad boy class clown, man. You know me, man. I was a rebel. Do you have a raccoon tail hanging from the antenna of your car there? Fucking shifty. And she was the nerdy, antisocial, flat-chested type. I always knew she had a thing for me, but I was too busy chasing all the whores over there. Well, Bill, it turns out she's become quite the young lady. Since then, master's degree, great corporate gig, a great rack, and then he writes, a great rack, and she happens to be single. She insisted she show me, you know, so fucking funny is the way guys look at women. I wonder if women do that, they just don't admit it. You know, turns out, you know, turns out, you know, he's got a strong jaw, a great job. A fucking fat pet? What you, a big wad? What would you say? A nice fucking... I'm literally sitting here and fucking acting like I'm grabbing dick and balls right now, trying to think of the fucking word. I don't know what the fuck they would say. Do you guys ever do that? Um. Anyways, well, it turns out she became quite the young lady, blah, 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 and she happens to be single. She insisted she show me around town all, you know, all the touristy shit. So we exchanged numbers. Da-da. Later that day, when I got back to my hotel, we started texting. Boom, 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 boom. Now we, no big deal. Just catch up now. Just catching up. Okay. How you been? How's the family? Blah, 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 blah. Then we start talking on the phone. All right. And pretty soon your dick's out. I thought what she had for me in high school was ancient history, but no, the conversation soon took a turn and got romantic. And he writes, oh, Jesus. So we made plans to meet for the next day for lunch. The next day, hanging out with my buddy, I casually brought up if he would have a problem with me dating his sister. He insisted he had no problem with it. Hey, you know what, dude? I thought you were a piece of shit. There you go. All right. You 
such a weird thing. I, I could never ask my friend. You mind if I date your sister? You mean what? You mind if I, if you if you fuck my sister? Yeah, I do. You better marry her, you son of a bitch. So he's like, okay, great. So I take her to lunch. We do all the touristy stuff. Then I took her back to her place. While in the parking lot at her place, she is getting out of my car, and I go to give her a hug goodnight. This is when the hug turned into, into a kiss. Uh, she got back in my car, and we made out. Really hardcore, Bill. I was surprised at how aggressive she was, being all nerdy as she was. Why do people think nerdy women don't have needs, too? You know, they're just a little introverted. All you got to do is give them the green light. You know, open the fucking door. Um, Blah, 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 blah. Where the hell was I? I was surprised how aggressive she was. She asked, um, I was surprised how aggressive she was being all nerdy as she was, but there was something oddly sexy about it. Uh, She asked to to ditch her place and go back to my hotel. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ, dude. Jesus. So I say, okay, cool. On the way there, I started having second thoughts. I thought things might be moving too fast. I know, I know. What a pussy. No, dude. It's actually a very fucking... It's a mature choice there. If you got other women that you're just banging, this is, this is not somebody you can just discard. This is your friend's sister. You're going to run into her again. Got to go easy on this one. It's a fucking ticking time bomb. So anyways, we go back to my room. Nothing happened. I cooled it off intentionally. We had a few drinks, talked, joked around while she laid on my bed. This is when I noticed that she laughed exactly like my buddy, her brother. Oh, no. The more she laughed, the more it's bothering me. Needless to say, that was the end of the night. A makeout session and a few drinks and some laughs. So here's my question, Bill. I think this girl is perfect for me. She's smart, educated, gorgeous girl, but how can I get over that laugh? All I could do was picture her brother, and nothing kills the mood more than that for me. Am I being a dick for thinking about passing up this girl, or is there something here, Bill? Thanks, and go fuck yourself. Um, I don't know if there's something there. you got to tell me. But as far as I, as an outsider looking in, yeah, you can't be with that girl. You're going to end up fucking your friend. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, no, I know what you mean. I remember there was a buddy of mine I had, and his sister looked exactly like him with long hair. I mean, it was like, it was uncanny how much they looked like each other. And, you know, she was a nice person and everything, but it was, it was my friend in drag. And, you know, so much of a relationship, keeping it going is if you can make each other laugh. And if every time she fucking laughs, you got to break up with one, one of the two. I don't know. You break up with, you can't be friends with him anymore. You just got to be with her long enough that that laugh becomes her laugh. I don't know. Do you know what it really comes down to is is how freaked out you are by it? You know? I mean, every guy's had this. You meet a girl in the bar and you're attracted to her and then she has the same name as your mother. It's like over, over. It's over. Done deal. Can't do it. Why? What's the matter? Can't tell you. Can't tell you. See you later, sweetheart. See you later. You are tramp. You're trampling on sacred ground, there, sweetheart. Get it. What's your middle name? Because I want to address you by your name when I say to get the fuck out of my face. 
Um, I, I don't know what you do there, buddy. I mean, if you actually feel like this, there's something there beyond the fact that you want to just bang her, which I don't think you have a problem finding women to bang. So maybe you do think of something about her. I don't know. Uh, that's going to be your, that would have to be your choice. Um, just personally, personally speaking, I don't know if I met the girl that I thought was, you know, the one I'm supposed to be with. And she laughed like my best friend. Oh, Oh my God, there's 7 billion people on the planet. You you can't find some woman to fuck that doesn't laugh like your friend. Ah, Jesus. You know, I'm not good at advice today. That even sounded ignorant to me. I could hear all the fucking women go, God, he's so fucking stupid. Um, All right, let's go back to this one. Dear Billy Costanza, recently I was in Boston for work and I decided to visit a good old... Oh, wait a minute. What the fuck is this? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I copied and pasted it. I'm a dummy. All right. Threats on your comedy. Dear Bill, if Kim Jong-il or the dictator of any country had a problem with your comedy and strongly suggested or threatened you to never do a particular bit again, would you stop doing that bit? Um, Not in the United States. I wouldn't. Not in Canada. Not in an allied country. But, you know. If I went over to Asia, I would be I'd be a little, uh, I don't know. Even if I was in China, as far as I know, they get along with Korea pretty well, don't they? So they're not really looking at any shifty Korean type of dude coming into town. I I would be a little bit nervous. I mean, fucking that guy like feeds, he fed his uncle to, to, to wild dogs. The guy was like naked and he just watched him fucking, you know, basically maul the guy to death and then eat him. Yeah, I would definitely be fucking nervous. Um, would I stop doing the bit? No, I don't think I would stop doing the bit. Uh, but you know, with these dates I have coming up, going to like Singapore and Hong Kong and shit like that, I would definitely be, I, I would not do it in those countries. You know, <laughs> the fuck am I? Chuck Norris was his Delta force. Yeah. I don't give a fuck, but I mean, if you're basically saying, I don't know. I don't know why they did that. I guess I understand it on one level because God forbid, what if some fucking copycat maniac actually went in and did something? The amount of money that they would have got sued. And who's kidding who? They don't make the money that they make, that they used to make in uh, movies anymore because you guys all fucking steal them. Um, So I don't think that they could handle um, putting out a fucking movie and then people get blown up or whatever, get shot up or some shit. And then they have to, to pay all the uh, all the relatives. So I guess I understand it. But it's... Um... You know what's weird is if... Why do they make it public? You know what I mean? Like, they, they shouldn't have made the WikiLeaks or any of that shit. Like, they shouldn't even cover it on the news. Because I would have never known. Like, if they leaked them out, I never would have known. I never would. I wouldn't have fucking. I would have had no idea. The only reason why I knew is because other people told me and I and the fucking news. Just, you know, just go about your business. Who gives a fuck? 
So then when they're making these threats, oh, we're going to do this. Once they make the threat, I guess, yeah, you, you can't back down or that gives them power. So I guess I'd have to do the bit unless I'm over on their side of the world. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying shit. You know, fucking get kidnapped. Have them do God knows what. You know, I see what they do to the dolphins over there. What the fuck are they going to do to me? Um, all right, Christmas baking. Dear Billy Doughboy, uh, what's happening in the Burr kitchen this year? Will you be baking one of your famous breads or pies? Should we expect any pictures on Twitter of your creations? I actually send out a picture of the uh, the pan-seared um, uh, pork chops. Technically, if you bake uh, a bread, your house becomes a gingerbread house. Hey, now! Oh, Jesus. You know, some of you guys are really funny, and then other you guys, you guys write like those jokes that you used to see on the match game, and everybody would fucking laugh like it was hilarious. Charles Nelson Riley. Um, I got to be honest with you. Uh, underrated, pan-searing a piece of meat. It's fucking incredible. You pan sear that fucker and then you, you bake, the, bake it the rest of the way through in the oven. You take it out, give it a little butter bath, go fuck yourself. I got another uh, recipe for uh, uh, how to pan sear a New York strip. And if you ever told me that I was going to put a fucking New York strip in a goddamn pan and sear it, I would say, get the fuck away from me. You're a communist. I don't know what the fuck that means, but whatever. I would say, get the fuck away from me. But now after how unbelievable that pork chop tasted juicy as goddamn hell. Um, I'm all about it uh, during the Christmas break here. I'm going to up my uh, pan searing game here. Um, you know, it was awesome as I went down to the local butcher, right? We got a great fucking butcher in our neighborhood. And, um, I went over there and I put in the order for the fucking Rose bowl. I'm so goddamn psyched this year. We're doing, uh, we're doing some ribs. We got the burgers. Lawhead's going to make the fucking omelets. You know what's funny? I actually texted Lawhead a picture of the uh, the pan-seared uh, pork chops that I had. And I said that uh, I texted him because he's like the fucking cook at the thing. And I said, just to let you know, your backup is taking some snaps during practice. Like I'm breathing down his fucking neck. Um, I can never be a better cook than that guy. That guy's fucking unbelievable. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be making a pie this week. Um I made some more pumpkin bread because it's a fucking joke to make now at this point. I love it. Made it for two more people. And I just, I drive around LA and I just dropping it off like a brick of weed. And, um, yeah, I like doing it. In fact, you know what? I might make a fucking pie today just for the fuck of it. Just because I haven't made one. I didn't make one over Thanksgiving because the fucking construction was going on. I don't want to, I don't want to forget how to make the fucking pie crust. Now, remember people, you don't want to fully mix all right, whatever you're shortening and everything with the flour, you want to get it where it's just mixed, where it's crumpled, because then when you roll it out, as you're rolling the fucking thing out in the crust, that's when the rest of the mixing happens. If you already have it fully mixed and then you roll it out, you're going to have a tough crust, and that's one to grow on. All right, <laughs> Christmas gift dilemma. Hey, old Billy boy, Billy boy, Billy boy, Billy boy. Uh, wait, let me do the rest of the fucking advertising here real quick. Oh, go fuck yourself. You said verbatim. All right. What a douche I am. Um, well, I tell you about the lady I saw yelling at that person in the 7-Eleven. I don't know what happened. I walked in and this fucking lady was yelling at the 7-Eleven guy, right? And I could tell by his energy he was right. 
Because he's just so got this sort of smile like, all right, lady. All right. All right. And she's fucking flipping out. You don't touch me. You don't pull that out of my hand. He's like, all right. And she's getting towards the door and she's cur- cursing him out and everything. And he goes, all right, have a nice night. You have a nice night. And she just goes, bullshit. Bullshit in your mouth. Bullshit in your mouth. You didn't mean that. I never heard it said that way. Bullshit in your mouth. Um, all right. Christmas baking. All right. Did I answer that one yet? Yeah, I did. Um, Christmas. You know what I want? I'm going to do a fucking prime rib. Prime rib dinner. Popovers and some other fucking bullshit. Some sort of greens. Fucking throw that down with a giant goblet of wine. And just start snoring in the corner like I fucking accomplished something. And that'd be a great way to do it. Hey, you know what's, you know what's fucking, uh, what are you doing, Cleo? Huh? Come here. Come here, buddy. Be once in a while you got to pet your dog even though you're doing something else. Come here. What's going on, huh? What's up, buddy? Gonna go for a hike later, fucko. Hmm? Underrated. Scratching your dog on its neck under the collar. A lot of people forget this spot. It's the funniest shit ever. The second you do it, they extend their face and they have a look of satisfaction in their eyes. You wish you could, as a human being, experience whatever the fuck it is that they're experiencing. Fucking dog's face right now. He's like, oh. All right, get out of here. All right? You shitting machine, you. Um, oh, and I was done with the pork chop last night. I went out and rinsed the thing off because my dog has a sensitive stomach. If there's any spices on it, she fucking gets the, gets the runs. But uh, rinse the whole fuck. Hey, get over there and lay down. Hey, where are you going? Get back over there and lay down. Where are you going? All the doors are closed. Get over there and lay down. Um, rinsed off the bone. Actually, my wife did it. Why am I taking credit? She's the one who did it. I didn't have the balls to because I, I take her for a walk and I have to clean up the fucking shit show, literally. She's like, no, nah, I'll, 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 I'll wash it all off. The fucking joy of a dog when you give it a fucking bone. It's unbelievable. You fucking throw it down. They walk around it, tail wagging. They just can't fucking believe it. They're so goddamn psyched. I give, I give the same can of dog food. Every goddamn night, every morning, and it wolves it down. But it's just eating the same shit just to get that fucking break. Unbelievable. All right, sorry. Christmas gift dilemma. Hey, oh, Billy boy. My fiance and I are big fans of your work. Well, thank you very much. I am writing to ask you if you could tell him Merry Christmas for me on your podcast. I don't have a lot of money to get him anything this year. No. Are you the. Fucking couple from uh, the Bon Jovi song. Johnny used to work on the dock. Union's been on strike. He's down on his luck. It's tough. So tough. Why the fuck was Bon Jovi sitting in the box with Robert Kraft applauding a Jets loss? Isn't he from New Jersey? We gotta hold on to what we got. I own arena football and it's not so great. Maybe if I hang out with Bobby Kraft, I can buy the bills. I'll give it a shot. Sorry. Um, so you don't have a lot of money. Okay. I don't have any money. 
to get him anything this year because I am working hard and trying to make a living in theater. He's incredibly supportive of my career and does everything he can to help me and make me happy. This year, I have been trying to think of something I could do that was special for him. Uh, this is where you come in. I was wondering if you could take a few seconds on the podcast to say Merry fucking Christmas to Drew from Marcy. Oh, to Drew from Marcy. I thought Marcy was the name of the town. So fucking dumb. Marcy, what? <laughs> uh, she loves you more than anything in the world and thinks every, uh, thanks you for everything you have done for her. She can't wait. All right. So wait a minute. She loves you. I thought this is from, this is from a dude. Merry Christmas to Drew from Marcy. I'm all fucking turned around here. He is incredibly from Marcy. So you wrote, he loves you. She loves you. No, he loves me, right? I'm just going to say what you said. Hey, Merry fucking Christmas, Drew. You cunt. I hope you have a uh, 2015 that's, uh, I don't know, Twinkle Toes. I hope you book something, a bunch of jobs, and you become famous, and uh, you have your own podcast, and everything works out for you. And stick with Marcy. She seems like a wonderful woman. There you go. Did that warm your fucking heart? All right, flying. Hey, Billy Bob. First of all, love the special and can't wait for F is for family. Hey, everybody, I got to tell you guys, um, what you guys have been doing, uh, tweeting and Facebooking and talking about my special um, is is unbelievable the amount of new fans that i've gotten and all that type of shit so i do not take that for granted um thank you to everybody who's been doing that i really appreciate it um that is all anyways um and i can't wait for f is for family you know what neither can i i did the last um records you know for the first six of them uh nia took this great picture too i should re i should tweet it out but um I did, uh, we just had a fucking blast. It's the most fun fucking job I've ever had. And I, I really think that this show is, I'm going a little Rex Ryan here. I think if we fucking, if we don't drop the ball, this thing is going to be fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been fucking ridiculous. Uh, fuck, I got to wait a year. It's fucking brutal. I, can't, I wish it was coming out tomorrow. Anyway, secondly, congrats on the helicopter training. I had a suspicion you were doing some kind of training or something because every time I hear you talk about the atmosphere and shit, you've started sounding less and less like an idiot. <laughs> that was my favorite part of ground school was the weather. Uh, what is your favorite thing about flying? Uh, and you need to cross over to the dark side and get your fixed wing certificate for all you other people out there. That means to just fly an airplane. That's fixed wing as in the wing is fixed. As opposed to a helicopter where it's spinning around. Okay. And he goes, I fly private jets and I'm a flight instructor out here in L.A. Let's get you and your wife in something you guys can travel in. Dude, I love the fact that you think that I could ever afford something like this. Those things are like fucking z a zillion dollars. Um, now, with your ADHD and your dy dyslexia, I'm sure you've botched reading this email. So go fuck yourself. Um, that's, uh, I don't know, man. I would... Flying a jet, that's got to be fucking unbelievable. Um, what do I like most about flying? Um, I'll tell you, yesterday was the first day I actually felt like one with the machine. Like I actually, you know, it's kind of like 
when you have to stop thinking about driving and you can just sort of feel the car. You know, you've just done it enough that you've just sort of fucking, it's like you're sharing the same brain. I finally, I hadn't flown in a minute because I was all busy. And, um, but I was thinking about it a lot. As crazy as that sounds. I was thinking about different scenarios and then the inputs, you know. And uh, I flew great. I, and my favorite, you know, my favorite fucking part about flying a helicopter is uh, auto rotations. Um. And when I get my license, I'm taking the advanced auto rotation class where you got to take it all the way down to the ground. And for those of you people who don't know, that's like if you had engine failure. And like many people, I also felt that if the engine failed on a helicopter, you were fucked and you just fell out of the sky. You don't. It's actually safer, I think, anyways, than fixed wing because of the uh, how house. Basically, with the fixed wing, you know, you have to, the, how fast you still have to be going when you land, you know, and if you're not on a fucking road and it's a goddamn field and there's tree stumps there and shit, that's why so many of those fucking fixed wing guys, they get it on the fucking ground and they still die when they hit a fucking tree because that thing is not designed to hit anything. It's designed to fly. It's all weight and balance. So you're basically, you're in a fucking golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> and you fucking hit a tree at 60 knots or whatever the fuck you got to be flying. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about fixed wing, how fast you have to be going to still, you know, maintain lift or whatever. But it's terrifying. Whereas a helicopter. Um, all right, really quickly. And I'm going to sound like a moron. I know. So basically, you know, when you watch like a Rambo movie and they shoot out the, the tail rotor and then the fucking helicopter starts spinning around. Okay, and then they fuck. Basically, if you roll off the throttle, okay, the engine is no longer turning the main rotor. What's turning the main rotor is your your descent back down to the earth and the fucking air rushing up through the rotor, the main rotor. Okay, you no longer need the tail rotor. The tail rotor basically compensates for the fucking, uh, like if, if your main rotor turns counterclockwise, Counterclockwise, it wants to turn the ship clockwise. So that's why you have the tail rotor on the back, on the side. It's, it's, it's compensating for that torque so you can keep the fucking thing straight so you don't just spin around like a fucking top, basically. And if you see a helicopter that has two main rotors, basically, I guess it would be both, like both giant rotors. The reason why they don't need a tail rotor is because one turns clockwise, the other one turns counterclockwise, both offsetting the torque, and it keeps it fucking straight. So basically, if, God forbid... You had an engine failure. All you do is you roll off the throttle. And the thing that I fly is you want to be going about 65 knots. And that's the speed you want to keep it at. And as your RPMs come up, you catch them, you pull up power, which is the weirdest fucking thing. Because you'd think if you didn't want it to go up, you'd push it down. But you actually pull it up. And you just fucking... Just like that. You fucking glide all the way down. You pick... And you're doing trim, airspeed, RPM. Trim, airspeed, RPM. Trim, airspeed, doing that. And then as the ground's coming up, you know, you're picking your spot. As the ground comes up, gentle aft cyclic, you go into a flare. You basically stop in the air. Push the cyclic forward, and then you level. Okay? And at that point... And then you just drop 40 feet. You just drop to the ground. And at right about 10 feet off the deck, you pull the power, which is like pulling up the emergency brake. And that last little bit of power slows you down. You drop like a fucking daisy. Now, 
I don't know how to do that yet. I can do it all the way down to the flare, and that's my favorite fucking thing to do. And I've thought about that a zillion times on my couch, literally reenacting it and thinking it. And believe it or not, it actually helps you because I hadn't flown since November 5th, and I went out and we did some autos, and I had two of the best ones I ever did. I uh, forgot to look at the RPMs because I was so psyched that I was in trim and that I was at 65 knots and I was falling, you know, at the at, uh, descending, I should say, at the right rate of speed. And uh, that's my favorite thing because it's all about what the fuck am I? I just want to have those things so down <clears throat> that I can actually enjoy flying around. So I would say that that was the most the most fun. And another time I took out an R44 which is the four passenger and I flew up uh, up the coast um, right by LAX out by the water and you got to be 150 feet off the ocean as you go through Bravo airspace and you're looking at LAX where you took off from a zillion fucking times. It's just a different view. And then you come back up on the other side and I made a right at the fucking, what the hell was it? The, uh, the Ferris wheel there at Santa Monica. Then I flew right up. I just followed Santa Monica like you're driving down the road, except you're in the air. Went over all the houses in Beverly Hills. Just kept going and going and going till I got out to fucking, you know, over where I live. Flew over my fucking house. Flew around some more out to the valley. Then I flew over fucking Dodger Stadium. So the next time I do that flight, I'm going to fly over fucking Dodger Stadium and then over the Rose Bowl. That's what I want to do. And, um... I don't know. I don't, I don't know about fixed wing. I like fixed wing. Is fixed wing seems like if you want to go, if I wanted to start flying myself to my gigs, which I don't, because I'm not going to make any money. The amount of money I have to spend to fucking rent the plane and the jet fuel and all of that fucking shit, I don't want to do that. But um, what I like most about flying a helicopter is it's uh, it's truly like flying, where you can just you can stop in the middle of the air like a fucking hummingbird. And you go out over the ocean, you see porpoises and shit that looks like a fucking giant shark. And then you just see a goddamn bunch of people surfing. And you sit there from that bird's eye view going, yeah, that right there is why I don't go in the fucking ocean. Look at that thing. What the fuck is that thing? Swimming by itself. Sharks are loners. (laughs) So anyways, um, yeah, I would say I could could go on and on uh, uh, forever. Um, I would like eventually to... uh, Who's kidding who? I'd like to have that fucking helicopter that the guy had in uh, Magnum PI. I would eventually love to have that. In fact, the next time I go to Hawaii, there's a uh, helicopter tour that they take you up in uh, one of those what, Huey 500, whatever the fucking thing is. And they got it painted just like that, and they'll take you over the fucking volcanoes and the waterfalls and all that. And I'm dying to do that shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought I was too dumb to get through fucking... Ground school. I still have to take the test and all that shit. That's what I'm going to be knocking out here before I go to Australia. And um, and then the second I get licensed, I'm immediately going to take the advanced auto rotation class where I have to take it all the way to the flare and take it all the way down to the fucking ground, which they basically don't let you do because they don't want you beating the shit out of the helicopters. Um, and you'd be surprised what those skids can take, especially with some of the fucking landings I've had. I might as well talk about this shit. One of the most fucked up things ever is the first time when they let you you solo, just basically fly the traffic pattern around the airport, you know? I think if you're a sane person, you never think you're ready to do that, but they kind of know when you're ready, and then they just have you set the thing down. They go, all right, I'm stepping out. Fly the fucking pattern. 
and you sit there and act like, yeah, yeah, I got this shit. And then you fly it and you can't believe what you know. Like the second time I did it, a fucking jet blue plane was landing and I had to hold over this building, this hangar. They called me out, my fucking tail number and told me to hold and I did it. And I was like, uh, it was weird. It was really weird. Like, oh, I actually know how to do that. I mean, I knew I knew how to do that, but I didn't know how I knew, knew how to, I didn't know that I knew how to do that by myself. And that's, by the way, what I call soloing, flying by myself. <laughs> so anyways, um, what do I enjoy about it? All of it. I love that as much. It's as much fun as playing drums and doing stand up. It's just another fun thing to do. And if you got the fucking time to do it, why wouldn't you go do it? So I did. It was uh, something uh, that kind of came about through freaking out about living in L.A. and being in conspiracy theory. And then I did that bit about the, um, you know, that guy committing suicide and jumping out of the helicopter. And uh, I was already into helicopters, but I, I really it was one of those things in my head. I just said that I, I, I couldn't do it. Like I, I couldn't ever get through ground school. I couldn't. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, some of it, some of the shit, you know what the shit I fucking hate? I hate all that fucking, you know, all that fucking radio stuff and the fucking, you know, who do you contact if this happens and all, all that shit you basically need to know. I find that stuff really tedious, but learning about weather and, uh, learning the markings, all that shit around the airport was fucking interesting. How the fucking thing flies actually to understand that now, um, is pretty uh it's pretty amazing and you guys remember me i mean a fucking year ago i didn't understand how a plane flew so uh yeah if you think you can't do something you'd be fucking surprised so there you go that's kind of uplifting isn't it i hope it is um anyways another year's gone by everybody thank you for co- everyone who's come up to my shows anybody who's hyped anything that i'm doing uh i got some shit for your fucking asses next year i'm telling you I'm telling you i just made a, a pilot that i think of might go could be a funny fucking show. I'm working on my new hour. I got a sick-ass fucking tour coming up of the South. And I'm thinking of maybe doing another Red State tour and then hitting all the other ones. I got a fucking... I'm going to do some dates in Boston, my hometown. I haven't been there in a minute. A good couple of years, actually. It come in February. I haven't been there in a couple of years. So it's going to be a big year for me next year. And then, of course, I got Efforts for Family coming out. At the end of the goddamn year, and it kills me every week that I can't tell you anything more about it, but I don't want to ruin it for you. It's going to be a fucking monster. I feel. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, That's it, everybody. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Whatever the fuck it is you do. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Anything Better podcast, NFL edition, sponsored by BetMGM. And this week, holy shit, we are previewing week number 16, man. Can't believe there's only a couple more of these left. Uh, What a weird, weird fucking season uh, it has been. And uh, unfortunately, our comrade, our partner, uh the uh the other the other half of this show is um is is down and out man not feeling well right andrew we can't speak yeah bill is uh 
Bill is incapacitated. He's uh, he's you know he's he's he had. I'm not going to diagnose him, but he has some, he he doesn't have COVID, but he he has something that's been going around. He's been cough having coughing fits, and uh, dude, everybody home- I know is sick. Like when I tell you, like people are missing events. Um, my sister and brother-in-law actually now do have COVID. Um, but then my kids had the RSV, the other thing, um, Bill has been sick. And then, you know, as we, as we speak, Bill is at a doctor's. Uh, so for anybody out there bitching about why Bill doesn't have time to be on this, uh, he, he would much rather be, uh, on this, uh, than, than, uh, you know, letting me step in for him. So, yeah, guys, Bill would much rather be, you know, telling, uh, his picks to us and giving his reasoning for NFL picks than having anybody asking where he was last week. Same thing. He was feeling okay. Yeah. He he was feeling feeling a little better. He went to the Raiders game. Now he's feeling a little worse. So just that's what it is. So we'll, uh, we got his picks. Yeah, guys, enough with the fucking enough with the comments of like, hey, what the fuck? You want to know what the fuck? People get sick and they travel. Sorry, we're not all fucking home sitting around. People get sick. Sorry. So, you know, hey, I don't know why I'm defensive, but, you know, hey, fucking. All it takes is one comment, you know, sets you up, Paul. That's what I No, no, one comment. Hey, what the fuck is going? I don't know. Somebody's fucking sick and and, and has a coughing fits and can't speak. All right. But anyway, we are here. Don't worry. Bill submitted his picks. Hey, he wasn't that sick, okay? Uh, he he was able to submit his picks. Andrew has Bill's picks. Bill will go first this week. Then I will go first. Um, what did Bill go last week? Because I went one and three. He went one and three as well. So me and Bill, uh, not the best time to to start to flail. But look, we got three weeks left. We have 16, 17, and 18 left. I went one and three, bringing me to 28, 31 and one, which is two and a half games back with three weeks to go. Now I can go back and get to like eight on eight below like I was, or I surge back in the last week to have a triumphant type of above 500. We shall see. But first, but first. We got to shout out the sponsor. It's BetMGM, everybody. You guys know BetMGM, the best live lines out there in in the game. Okay. Uh, As you guys know, if you team up with BetMGM through anything better, all you have to do is download the BetMGM app and use bonus code BURR. That's B-U-R-R. It could not be more easy. And once you put in uh, BURR, B-U-R-R, with the code, you will get access to amazing, cool stuff, deals, uh, our parlay on Monday night, which, hey, you know, we're, we're trying to figure it out. But um, all you have to do with that is you put as little as $10 in the account and they will match up to $1,000, guys, even if you lose, okay? They will match up to $1,000 in free bets uh, even if you lose. So just go to the uh, BetMGM store. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the app store. Download the BetMGM app. Use bonus code B-U-R-R. Put as little as 10 bucks in, and they will match up to $1,000 in a free bet. So there you go. Uh, nothing to lose. Gamble responsibly. Uh, BetMGM is the best. And uh, here we go. We are going into week number 16 here, okay, which means, wow, we have 12 more picks each for the year, okay? We are in striking distance. Uh, We are in striking distance. I don't know, Andrew, I don't know who anybody is in the NFL. I mean – the Carolina Panthers, they start to seem like they turn a corner. Okay, the Jets, their quarterback situation, nobody knows. Tom Brady, 
can't win a game all of a sudden. Or did he win that game? No, he lost, didn't he? I had them. They well, they didn't cover. I know that. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, Tampa. I, I I don't know who Tampa is. Uh, I don't know who any of these teams are. The only constant in the league this year has been Philadelphia Eagles. It pains me to say, but I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. Everybody that said my New York football giants were out. They went into a red hot commanders building. And when I say red hot, the commanders have been red hot fighting back the commanders on their run, beat the Eagles. Let's not forget that. The commanders gave the Eagles a loss and then just kept kind of winning. We tied them in New York. We had to beat them in Washington, and we did. Um, we are knocking on the door of the playoffs. We will see what happened, but let's get into our picks. And the um, Bucks, the what Bucks is, did the Bucks lost last week to the Bengals. That was the loss. The Bucks lost to the Bengals. I mean, the New England Patriots, instead of going to overtime, they decide to turn it into a circus, throw the ball backwards. I mean, that's something Lord knows what Belichick did in practice this week. I don't know, man. That is like, put it this way. When the New England Patriots, I'm going to, I'm going to go back a second. When the Bill Belichick coached New England Patriots start throwing the ball backwards when it's a tie at the end of the game, this is the weirdest NFL season that I have seen. I don't know what's wrap. It's a wrap on the Patriots when you're. I'll be honest, man, and I'm not just saying this. I'm kind of happy I'm only two and a half games back with everything that's gone on. The Packers now can run the table. Are they going to suck me back in? I don't know. I don't know. But, Andrew, I know that uh, Bill has the first pick, so you have his first pick. So let's get into it. Uh, For Bill's first pick, he is going with the Bears. Eight and a half. Getting eight and a half uh, in Chicago against the eleven and three Buffalo Bills. I don't know what Buffalo's playing for. See, these are those weird times now. I think Buffalo still has some stuff to do, but like these are the weird weeks now where like is somebody going to rest? Is a star going to play a little bit? And if there's any kind of pain or tweaking, I'm going to sit down. I like his pick though. Because he's getting eight and a half points. So he's starting the game up and he's in Chicago. That could go either way. Like that could be like Chicago gets a garbage touchdown to cover at the end. Um, All right. Well, here's here's what I'm going to do. I'm either going to go down or I'm going to go. I mean, listen, here's the thing. I'm either going to crash and burn or I'm going to go down swinging. But I'm going to set it off with tonight. And I hate losing. The, the Thursday night game because then you're like, oh, dude, I don't know what's going to happen this week. But I'm going to tell you something. Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars are on a streak right now. Seems like Trevor Lawrence has kind of turned some shit around. I'm going to take them tonight in New York against the Jets. They are two-and-a-half-point dogs, okay? The Jaguars are two-and-a-half-point dogs. But they're just winning. Andrew, what was the score of the Jacksonville game last week? Because I know that they had to come back. But the, I believe the Jags came back and won. Yeah, it was 40-34. to 34. Uh, the, yeah. Jags, the Jags won. Uh, over over beat, who? They beat Dallas. Right. Now, and I believe that was in Dallas, right? No, in Jacksonville. Oh, it was in they Jacksonville. Were in, they were in Dallas the week before for the uh, Texans game. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So, yeah, I like – 
I like the Jags tonight to come into New York. They're two and a half point dogs, which to me is kind of like almost like a pick them. I'm going to take the Jags getting two and a half tonight. I think that the Jets are in disarray at quarterback. They have a good defense, but I think Trevor Lawrence might have turned the corner. We'll see what happens. I like it. Bill's second pick, he is going with the Tennessee Titans. He's three and a half. I mean, he's been on the Tennessee Titans the way I was on the Packers. He can't let go of the Tennessee Titans. Who are they playing? The Packers? Uh, the Titans are going yeah. up against – sorry, I did the wrong week there. Uh, they're going up against the Texans. The okay. 1-12-1 and Texans. And it's in Tennessee, three and a half points. Um, oh, man. I mean, look, they should win that game by that. Gun to your head, you got to like that pick. You gotta but, like you gotta you gotta you gotta think that the Titans. I don't think that the Texans are gonna show up with anything uh, we haven't seen. Well, at this point, the Texans need to get their first round pick, right? That first pick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which they'll get even if they win. <laughs> all right, dude. This is a tough, tough game, man. This is a really, really tough game. <sighs> Do I pick? It's the Cincinnati Bengals. Versus the Patriots after the Patriots. And Cincinnati won last week, right? Did Cincinnati win last week? Um, yeah, yeah, the Bengals. They beat they beat the Bucks. They beat the Bucks on the road. They looked good. Um, oh my God, minus three. The Patriots are the Patriots done? Can you just? I'm sorry. Can you just give me the Patriots record? Uh, yeah, they are seven and seven. Oh my God. This is because what did Belichick say in that, in that meeting? I mean, Belichick, are you guys out of your fuck? You're playing fucking, you guys are playing hot potato with a football. First time, Um, first time. There's only two times I've ever really had a problem with Belichick. One one was the packages that he ran uh in the uh in the Super Bowl uh where he didn't play his top cornerbacks. I don't want to get into that. But anyways, he did say this week when they asked him why they didn't throw a Hail Mary. Did you hear what he said? No, he said it was it was too far. It was too far. <laughs> All right. Hey. Isaac, you know, Bill. You're losing. <laughs> oh my god! Not not in general, but that's a tough. That's a tough thing. That's a tough thing. It's just like, you know, don't make a fuck out of us. You know, don't make a fuck out of me, Bill. Come on, stay uh, straight, dude. This is tough, man. This is actually this is the week. I'm gonna say this. This is the toughest week that I've seen on paper, only because of where teams are record wise, and some of these games are just, you know. Uh, are really, really tough. Um, I'm going to take – this is crazy, dude. This is crazy. Forget the Cincinnati thing, okay? Forget the Cincinnati thing. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers for the first time since I jumped off that train, okay? I know people are slapping their heads right now. I'm just going to say this. I think – I think I the reason I'm doing it is because it's over three points. That's it. Okay. I'm not saying the Packers are going to win the game. I like the four points, and I'm also also my thought process is you see how I have to explain myself to the fans listening because they're like, no, Verzi was he had therapy and he got better. He got 
better. He went from all those games and he got better. He he was listening to reason. Here's my thing. I'm not back on the Patriots. I mean, on the Packers. I don't think they're going to roar through and make some crazy historic run. I mean, if they do, God bless them. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the four points, they could be down like 11 or 10 and then a garbage touchdown at the end to cover with the four. So that's my that's my rationale here. Okay, does that make sense, Andrew? Can like, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not the craziest Packers pick you've had all year. Right, it's not the craziest. It's not the Packers craziest pick. one uh, last week. I mean, they beat the Rams, which I guess is not you know much to talk about, but they. I don't even want to say it, but like the run game looked pretty good, you know. What right, I mean? that's what I mean. AJ like Dillon, like it, it, the run game looked good, and 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 Miami been okay against the run, you know, past weeks. So I I don't know, I don't know. I'm not even. No, I'm, that's that's the thing. I think I think that the slight hope that that organization has to still not be eliminated will make them run the ball, play smarter. But I'm taking the four points. Uh, I'm going to take the four points and see, like I said, I see them losing by like 10 late and then Rogers throwing some touchdown that might not matter to fight back and show a little fight. So there you go. I got Packers plus four. I have to take a dog because I think I'm taking the rest favorites. <laughs> nice. All right. For Bill's third pick, he's going with the Detroit lions minus two and a half in Carolina. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I think gun to your head, that's an easy pick, but the way things are, who knows, but I, I like it. I guess, I mean, the lions seem to be roaring back. No pun intended. They seem to be kind of, you know, my son would go, dad, that was so cringeworthy. Did you just say roaring ahead? I'd be like, Hey, you um, know what, son, I'm the one making money doing jokes. <laughs> why, why are the Eagles dogs? That means people are resting because Jalen hurts. That means because Jalen Hurts is not playing and Dallas needs to win that game. That's minus. I mean, but Dallas is already in the playoffs. So guess what, everybody? Paulie's not touching that one. I'm not touching that one. Five and a half over Eagles, five and a half over the uh, the Cowboys. You don't like that? Eagles, five and a half. No. You know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to do the Cincinnati Bengals beating the Patriots, dude. You know something? The Patriots shouldn't be 7-7. Seven and seven. I know they probably got to ass Reeman this week. I think everybody thinks they're going to bounce back. But you know something? The Cincinnati Bengals are better. They're favored by three for a reason. They should win that game. Um, I'm going to take Cincinnati minus three over the Patriots to put the Patriots out of their misery. I think that that freaking circus play was kind of a kill shot maybe for them. Yep. Yep. I think it's, uh, I mean... I think so. Yeah. I mean, Patriots, like, like we said about Panthers, like they're not going to come out and do something you haven't, you don't think you've seen, you know, Um, for Bill's fourth pick, the San Francisco 49ers minus seven in San Francisco against the Washington commanders. Okay. San Francisco 49ers over the Commanders. Commanders got to bounce back after the Giants to have any shot. I don't know. That's – oof. You know what? I was thinking about something before. I was thinking about going head-to-head with Bill on one of those. But um, the Kansas City is clinched. See, this is what sucks, dude. This is what sucks because these guys clinched. 
Um, they almost got embarrassed though by the oh, by the way, all you people talking shit about um how's the pick look now with the you know, you pick this. You know what? Kansas City shouldn't have went to overtime, but they did win by six. They did win by six. Um I'm gonna take the Kansas City Chiefs Chiefs by by ten at home against the Seattle Seahawks. They almost lost. They almost lost to the Texans. They went to overtime with the te Texans. They got to be pissed. I think Seattle's finito. I think the Chiefs just wiped it, just fucking blow them out because I think they're still playing for what the bye and home and home is that. Is that what it is? I don't know, man. I don't want to touch the Giants and Vikings. So was that my fourth pick or third? Uh, that was your fourth. Uh, you've got the Jags, the Packers, the Bengals, and the Chiefs. And to review okay. Bills, he's got the Bears, the Titans, the Lions, and the Niners. Um, guys, I'm gonna be honest with yeah, I'm gonna be honest with all you guys. This is I can honestly say week 16 is probably the one week that I'm going like. I could go four and zero. I could go zero and four. I could go two and two. I could go one and three three. I don't. I literally don't know. I don't yeah. know. But I would like to start with a W. I'd like to start with a W with the Jags tonight. Uh, probably one of the 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 biggest games that I think of the week, which happens to be segue the Monday night special. Yeah. Uh, that we say the biggest games to not touch is the Colts and the Chargers. The Colts I mean, are, yeah, we're going to get into are, that in a minute, but that's the Monday night special. The Colts and the Chargers on Monday night. And and for the listeners, uh, you had mentioned this last week, a lot of Saturday games. So everybody should be uh, have a have a happy, uh, oh. happy Saturday, Sunday. Listen, Santa Claus is coming early for real this year, OK, because Santa Claus, he may show up Sunday morning, but Saturday night, you got a lot of football to watch. And guys, look, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here because they might not even get in the playoffs. But the Chargers, my pick for the Super Bowl for the AFC, Justin Herbert, that throw down the sideline that he had, the throw he had down the sideline that I was just like, dude, that kid could make any throw and that team should scare anybody with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They have Eckler. They have a good tight end. They have a good defense. And Justin Herbert is healthy. Like I said, the ribs are healed. I like them for the Monday night special. I like them to win by five and beat the Colts. The Colts. I mean, look guys, you can't be down. Let's just talk about this for a second, Andrew. I know, I know this is just a pick thing, but. You can't be down 33 to nothing. Or 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 I should say you can't be winning 33 to nothing in Minnesota and lose that game like that. You can't be in the third quarter, halfway through the third quarter, up 30 and fuck that up. Okay. Yeah. I think it goes to show a new coach like Jeff Saturday. I think Matt Ryan should have never been passing. I would have run, run, milk clock. Then try to dunk and try to get first downs and really try to, but like the fact that he's lining up, he's getting passes that could be picked off. I think it was, uh, it was tough, man. Like I, I didn't feel bad for the Colts, but dude, and I'll tell you something. When the, uh, did you watch the game, Andrew? I didn't know. I just watched highlights. I didn't say. Oh, dude, when the Vikings went from like thirty-six to seven to then thirty-six to fourteen, once they got to twenty-one, I'm going, dude. This is we're about to see some shit here. 
And um, you can't let that happen. I think it's a combination of not being coached properly and, you know, just everything that's happened with the, with them. I think for the Monday night special for me, and you could talk me out of it. I don't know, but I know I, th- I, th- I think we have to go. I think we have to go charges to cover. I mean, to, to, to beat them. Right. I do, and, here, and I'm going to, I, I agree. We could do money line if you don't want to, uh, if you don't want a chance uh, going against the spread, but I, I think the biggest thing just the, with the chargers, the reason I think the chargers have struggled, obviously their defense, even in the games they've won, they've let up like 24 points. The chargers haven't really been blowing anybody out there. They haven't had any like 14 point, you know, def, the four, 14 point difference wins since like, you know, the beginning of the season, middle of the season, I, I could be off by a game or two, but, but um the Chargers are giving up a lot of points. And in this case, I just, but I just don't think that the Colts, I don't think the Colts are going to put up 24 against the, the Chargers. I just don't see it. No. They're having defensive problems, but not, not that many. I think, like you said, that the, the coaching. You uh, know what? I'm going to do something right now. Do it. I'm calling an audible right now. As I'm thinking about this and I'm looking at this, I'm going to call an audible. I like it. Do it. I'm taking away my Chiefs bet. Okay. I'm taking away my Chiefs minus 10 to the Seahawks. I'm going to take that away. And I'm going to take – and here's why. It just hit me. Herbert is healthy. Herbert's guys around him are healthy. Every reason I said they would win last week. Okay? I think they finally have their core at a great time of the season. And should they beat the Colts by five or more? Yes, they should. So I'll take that logic. So, guys, I'm switching my picks. I hope you didn't turn it off and write down Verzi's picks. I'm taking the Los Angeles Chargers minus four and a half. Watch the Chiefs blow out the Seahawks. I feel like such a dick, you know. But you know what? As we're talking about it, and we're taking them for the Monday night special, and I'm listening to myself going, like my mind going, yeah, Herbert's ribs are healed, just like I said last week, and they won. So I'm going to take that. And um, and we'll take them with the Monday night special. You want to take the money line? Do my, I would say just do money line. All right. So for the Monday night special, this is what I like. You tell me. <clears throat> for the Monday night special, here's two, and then we'll do a fun one. Okay? So for the two, I think the Chargers money line mm-hmm. and Justin Herbert to throw one. Okay? I think, again, he's a slinger. And I like that. We're not going to do what we do at Rodgers, the two. By the way, Baker Mayfield not running for fucking eight yards. I mean, what is God? I mean, not once. I mean, this is the craziest year, guys. He didn't even lose five yards. <laughs> I, don't even think, I don't even think he got sacked. <laughs> yeah, I think he got – yeah, dude, we could have taken it the other way. I mean, yeah, no, he actually went backwards, though, more than he went forward. I mean, it was brutal. All right, but I like this. I like this. We're going to keep it simple because we got to get a Monday night. We got four or five of them last year. We have zero this year, and we're at week 16, okay? But I will say this. We did warn you guys, if you want to go with our money line picks or certain things, and we have hit some of those, we just haven't got the combination of the parlay. But this week, this week will be different because the Chargers with the money line, Justin Herbert to throw one. Now, Andrew, let's give them some fun ones. What, what do we got? Uh, well, I mean, you know – do you want to play it safe across all three bets or you want to get because i mean the the keenan allen i mean keenan allen over 70 yards so over 70 receiving yards i mean i think that's a good one i think he's i certainly he's going to score a touchdown what do we got for eckler what do we got for eckler 
Yeah, Eckler is uh, over under for 50, 50 rushing, uh, 45 receiving, anytime touchdown. So, I mean, Eckler's not a bad one. Keenan Allen, though, man, I just – that feels safe. Feels like if, uh, you know – Keelan, Keelan Allen, Keenan Allen for 70 or even just an, even just a touchdown, even just a, re- a receiving touchdown. All right. What I mean, are other ones? Let me see. I mean, if, 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 uh, if Herbert is likely to throw one, Keenan Allen's probably likely to be on the receiving end of that. Um, All right, let's do it. Let's do it. But, but I'll read them. I'll just be able, uh, let's see. Uh, Mike Williams over under 60 yards receiving. Uh, over under five, re- over under five receptions. Oh, I'm sorry, Keenan Allen over under five receptions, uh, not rushing. So if you think he's going to get more, uh, more than five receptions, that's not a bad one. Um, Zach Moss rushing over under. You um, want to do Keenan Allen anytime touchdown? Yeah, it feels safe. It's either that or five receptions because I mean. Whatever you think, Paul. Whatever you think. But all right, so hold on a second. Five receptions is safer than a touchdown. It but, is. But I mean, what is his average? You know, five receptions is still deep because he could get two touch, you know. Yeah, I think let me check. Uh yeah. Um see if I can get that on Keenan. I don't want to bore anybody, kill any time here looking up stats, but let's see. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a tough one, dude. Like, I love I love the Chargers to win, and I love Herbert to throw one. The question is, and their every down back is Eckler. We could do an Eckler anytime touchdown? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's a running back, right? Uh. Or one of them, like no, I, I, well, he does both, but no, Eckler's a Eckler's a yeah. Uh, I mean, dude, if we lose this one, if we lose this one, I'm I just mean, Eckler's got 165. He's 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 gotten the ball 165 times this year, divided by 15. I mean, yeah, it's you're right in that average. Um, yeah. Um, Eckler, Eckler is their all-purpose guy. He sco- Eckler is a runner. He gets the ball. He, you know, they're gonna always run or try something with yeah, him first. I, I think that's actually a really good idea. All right, so let's Eckler, do that. Eckler anytime is probably better than Keenan Allen because yeah, because if if they're within like five yards, like they, yeah. they might throw him one. Yeah, I don't know. I Guys, we're taking a lot of time with this for you, just so you know. We're taking a lot of time with this for you but let's go chargers money line herbert to throw one and eckler to score an any anytime touchdown doesn't have to be rushing doesn't have to be receiving just eckler to score a touchdown there you go that's the monday night special it's chargers across the board they're healthy they're rolling i think the colts are reeling and um i think that lost the colts comeback man to minnesota i think that that's just that's a that's a tough one to swallow uh, going into week 16, especially when you're not in the mix of the playoffs. So there you have it. You have our picks. I also changed the pick. You have the change of the pick, correct? So we don't have – okay. Um, I can't there you go, Bill, guys. I can't believe Bill laid off Denver. 
I figured he was gonna he was gonna pick Russell. Well, you know, I figured he was gonna pick Russell Stover to throw one, you know, or uh, (laughs) to win the game. (laughs) The thing with Bill is, if it's not if it's not uh, you know Denver messing up Russell's name, it's the Titans, and he he stayed true to that. Stayed true to Um, one, one out of one. Um. By the way, guys, um, we want to thank you guys so much for listening to the Anything Better podcast, and we want to let you guys know that. Um, we appreciate you guys rate and reviewing it. Um, you know, and I know the last couple with uh, BetMGM, we're dealing with traveling and sickness and stuff like that. But we're going to get back on the last couple of weeks. Um, also, want to thank everybody who's jumped on the Verzi effect, which is doing fantastic. Please check that out. And I had a big episode this week with Mark Norman. It's doing fantastic. Uh, Bill had um, a big guest on his podcast to uh, talk about a movie coming out. So you could check out the Monday morning podcast. So thank you guys for listening to all of our podcasts. Subscribe. Go to the YouTube channels. Um, We really, really uh, appreciate that. And guys, thank you so much for buying tickets to my show. Andrew, the kid is going to be doing uh, almost a 400-seat theater at the um, Royal Theater in Toronto. Tickets are going that's january 28th it's going to be my first real tour date of 2023 hit that up and then right after that the next week february 2nd and 3rd i'm at gotham at home new york city that's a thursday and friday tickets are already going for that i want to sell those out and add shows and then fourth 14th of um 14th of February, which is Valentine's Day. Bring your date and see me headline Pittsburgh Improv with my boy Joe Bartnick on the show, Pittsburgh's own. Uh, rest in peace to Franco Harris, by, uh, Franco Harris, by the way. Um, terrible. Heard the guy was great. So rest in peace um, and uh, thoughts and prayers with his family. And uh, there you go. All my other dates, Tampa coming up. Where else are we going? We're going to Providence, Rhode Island. We're going to Utah. We're going to Denver. We're going to Austin, Texas. We're going to all these cool places. Chicago, Zanies, all at paulverzi.com. Um, And those are our picks, guys. Uh, again, go to BetMGM, the best lines out there. Download the app. Use bonus code BURR, B-U-R-R. You'll get the best live uh, lines as they happen and uh, we love working with them you put in as little as ten dollars up to a thousand they will match your bet even if you lose how does it work you download the app BetMGM. you put in bonus code b-u-r-r burr and that's it and you click on the monday night special to get the parlay this week chargers to win the game Herbert to throw a touchdown and Eckler anytime touchdown in the game and you will be in the money. We'll be back on track. Hopefully me and Bill are both back on track this week, 500 or better. Uh, Enjoy your holiday, everybody. Happy, safe one. Enjoy Christmas. Enjoy the holidays. Uh, New Year's. We should, we'll be back before New Year's though, right? We'll be back before New Year's. We'll We'll be back before the New Year's. So we'll do one more before 2023 for myself, Bill Burr, Andrew Themlis. We're out of here. Enjoy.